Good to have you here on this Monday. Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. A lot to get to on the program from the NFL, from college football. It's always in the news. We are inside 100 days down to 96 days to go until college football. The SEC meetings are this week. And, well, leave it to the SEC to get the headlines uh, moving. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. The Braves tonight against the Phillies. As well, we are good to uh, to have you along across the radio network, ESPNCoastal.com, Facebook, Twitter, and we're back on YouTube. Okay, all so, right. Now we, don't, now, we don't know how long we're going to be back up. I mean, we have certain <laughs> people in the studio. No, I mean, no, it's, it's good to be back up on YouTube. I mean, I, I, I you know, Kev, I mean, uh, Chris is coming in and saying, hey, we back up. But hey, at the end of the day, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes, you know, getting kicked out of something lets you know you're actually being watched. <laughs> Which is a good thing, but you know, hey man, we back up. That's all that matters. Yeah, so we're back there on uh, YouTube as well, so you can join us. Go to ESPN Coastal on YouTube, like and subscribe. You'll get notified every time we go live here on Three and Out. So, so much to get to. We'll get to the SEC, SEC, SEC coming up because, uh, again, we tried to talk about it the last couple of weeks, and other commissioners saying, "Hey, I could see seismic change happening in college football." We had comments. People call the show. And goes, guys. It's the same stuff that happened this, that, blah, blah. Okay, just going to tell you what Greg Sankey and the folks are talking about there in Destin this week coming up in just a little bit. But, Ben, Braves take two or three over the Marlins. Had a good opportunity to win it yesterday. Came up short despite the offense not necessarily being consistent. Starting pitching, I thought, has been uh, been very, very good. But two out of three to start this stretch of a month. Uh, by beating the Marlins, you moved up out of fourth into second. I think you're now back in third, but uh, if you'd have won yesterday, you would have been in sole possession of second place. So that's how tight things are. Want to keep grinding, chip away at those uh, those Mets up there. But as we said, you got the Phillies, have the same record as the Braves. You've got Colorado, Arizona, Pittsburgh uh, in this stretch. The Marlins, again, prime opportunity for you to make up some ground, but you got to play consistently and offensively. Uh, ben, they have been inconsistent, except for... Uh, Ronald Acuna, you've seen Matt Olson start to slide. You've seen Austin Riley have his struggles at the plate uh, and more. So, a little shakeup in the lineup tonight. Uh, Therefore, Brian Snicker, we'll get to that in a moment. No, I mean, Kevin, they did, they did, uh, they got two out of three. Obviously, you would love to get, uh, you know, when, you know, I uh, get three out of three, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the sweep. But I will say this about this Braves team. It's almost like, you said you like look. They, this is this is the stretch to look. They don't play another team over five hundred until until June, June twentieth, almost 20th. the end of June. They yeah. want to make they want to make sure that if anything, one they're winning series or whole Bobby Cox, you got to win series. And you know, happy happy birthday to Bobby Cox. I think he celebrated a birthday. Uh, but I ju- I just think that what happens is with this uh, uh, Kevin is this this Braves team is you. This goes back to the beginning of the season. The NL East, we knew it was going to be rough. No matter what, what makes it what makes the stakes even higher? They're the defending World Series, I, and I got to go back and see like how the Nats fared after they won the World Series. I got to go back to that to that season to see how they fared. Because Kevin, number one, everybody wants to beat the Braves because they've been they've won it the last four years in a row. Like we we stick at the Braves. If you are you know the Nats, the Fields, you know the Mets, the Marlins, but the Braves are trying to find their niche every single series, every single game. I'd rather have a bad, a subpar offensive performance and still win than to do one of those, hey, man, bats went crazy and they still came up. <laughs> I ain't with that 10 to 9 stuff in baseball because it's demoralizing. As BJ said, you know, you don't want to, quote, waste runs. 
but I just think we talk about – I just go back to the Ronald Acuna, uh, you know, like what he brings to the table, not just from an offensive standpoint, defensive standpoint, just guys seem to be, be able to play a little looser. And, I, you know, like you said, I mean, a guy like – I mean, a guy like, uh, you know, Dansby Swanson and Austin Ronnie and company, those guys have, you know, good days, bad days, the pitching, you know, up and down. But I will take two out of three anytime, Kevin, because like you said, baseball is one of those things to where sometimes, well, a lot of times, the overall record is not indicative of how they play that day. Like, oh, they coming in, they can I say, yeah, but you want to keep them in that category. You don't want them to find their rhythm offensive, to find, you know, uh, have their pitches out there, you know, looking looking Cy Young-ish against you. But I will say the Braves got two out of three, which is what you want. Want something to build off of. I, and we say this. We act like, will the Braves ever peak this season? Who knows? But I believe if the Braves are playing – you know, at their best, or at least most, you know, most of the lineup, they should be hard to beat. I, I know as we will hope Kevin coming, you know, by June the 20th, hopefully, like you said, it's crazy. You you know, you win two, you're in second place, you win one, you go in third place, which shows, like you say, how, how you know, that those Mets, man, they, they ain't met it yet. But we know, <laughs> we, we but we know. There's that they a stretch got, is coming. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. But I, but I will say getting two out of three is what you want. You can build off that. As you mentioned, you could have got the third. But I just think that when it comes to the Braves, it's what's going to be, you know, is it going to be the lineup? Is it going to be starting pitches? Is it going to be the bullpen? Is it going to be defense? So, so, some certain A certain, you know, group going to have to take the lead because you can't just say, well, Ronald Acuna is there and Matt Olsen. No, the, the bats are going to be on fire sometimes. Sometimes they're going to go cold. Where do you see that, you know, uh, where do you see that uh, – that part of the team that's going to yeah. be able to say, we we want to lead the way as far as, like, making sure come June 20th, we in the thick of this thing. Well, I mean, I think you're you're talking about the Matt Olsons, the the Austin Rileys, the Ozzie Albies, uh, who, who kind of say, look, Acuna's back. You kind of look at him, and he's played amazing since he's come back. I think he has one of the highest on-base percentages of his career uh, in this 15 games that he's played here in 2022. He's off to a, a, a great start. I think you're trying to find somebody – who can do it consistently? I, I was joking with a buddy of mine yesterday when the Braves tried to come back in the ninth inning. They lost, and I, and I looked at him, and I said, and the Braves still haven't won three games in a row. So it's like it's one of those things where good baseball teams, yeah, 9, 10, 11, 12-game winning streaks are you know very, very hard to do, but this team hasn't even won three. Hasn't won three. I mean, I think you'd like to see a stretch of four or five wins, maybe a, a, an eight out of ten, uh, and we haven't seen anything remotely close uh, to that from this team, which you feel there's a lot more upside. And, again, you look at the lineup now, uh, Ben, uh, for tonight against the Phillies, and it's been sh- it's been shaken up a little bit. you got Acuna at the top. Left field is William Contreras. Oh. I'm going to say it again. William Contreras. Oh. He plays catcher. He's had a great year at the bat, at the plate. Excuse me. He's not an outfielder per, per, per trade, by, by trade. But Travis Demerit, 0 for 28 in his last 28. No walks, bunch of strikeouts, forgot how many outs there were. Uh, in an inning that allowed a run to score yesterday. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that just comes back and kills you. So they want the bat in the lineup, despite the fact that you don't play much defense. And, well, quite frankly, Marcelo Zuna doesn't play much defense either. Uh, when he's out there for the Braves, he's not gold glove caliber. So you're trying to just trade, say, if we're going to be bad uh, on defense, let's get as many bats in the lineup as we can. I think also William Contreras can bat. And if something happens and uh, you know Travis Darno goes down at catcher, you could put William Contreras at catcher and not lose uh, the designated hitter uh, in that trade. So you got Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno is fourth, Matt Olson all the way down to the five hole. 
Uh, he has been struggling. He has been slid all the way down to the five hole. Ozzy Albee six. Austin Riley was your number three guy for a good portion of the season. He's all the way down at number seven. Adam Duvall is really uh, struggling. Uh, he's an eighth, and Dansby Swanson ninth. So you have what on paper looks to be. If I just read the names, say you got this, man, that's a good lineup. Unfortunately, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, they're way down the lineup because they're not producing. And so I think uh, you're, you're seeing tonight having to change some things up if you're uh, if you're Brian Snicker. Just can't keep going offensively the way things are going. You had a great chance to win three games in a row, and you couldn't do it. I, I think that's what he's looking for, Ben, is that momentum. And let's put something together that feels like it works. You know, because it's too many up one day, as you said, down mm-hmm. a couple of days. Up one day, oh, starting to look good, nope, down for it. So nothing has been able to stick. Uh, I mean, ideally, most managers would say, here it is, that's what we're doing. And I don't think he has that luxury because guys like Riley and yeah. Matt Olson and others have cooled off and cooled off to a point where it's like, it may need to change it up just for change sake because you are not producing uh, the way it needs to be done. Now, Kevin, hold on, hold on. You, now, we got a, we got a catcher in the outfield, right? Right. I, 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 now. I, I think I saw this year. I think I seen Pujols out there pitching. He was pitching. Now, obviously, yeah, yeah. Now, when people say, now, obviously, that just means that how often you, you does that happen in baseball the way you say, look, like, like you know, the, the manager looks and goes, we ain't got who? We ain't got nobody. Like, we don't got to set up. Oh, the game is out of whack. And I want to say Evan Longoria hit like a ball. hit like <laughs> a, And he wanted to get the ball. How often do things like that happen to where you might have a shortstop that have to pitch or a catcher that has to play outfield well, usually, just to, to, to be able to, you know, get this game played? I mean, usually day. usually with a position player pitches, it's because you're getting the brakes beat off of you and you don't want to use up any more bullpen arms. When something like this happens, I think it's a, this is the Braves saying this is a guy that's producing. I think Wilson Contreras is among the league leaders in home runs by a catcher in the National League, and he doesn't even play every day. Uh, so I think they're looking at him saying, we've got to get his bat in the lineup. What's the best way to do it? Well, it's probably going to be a corner outfield spot. We'll give it a shot. So I think he's taking some minor league time in the outfield. Obviously, he's practicing there. It's going to be a little bit different. But, Ben, I think your average major leaguer, uh, if you say, can you catch a fly ball? Yes. right. I, I think if it's a basic fly ball, yes. Can you play an elite defense? Maybe not, but that might be a trade-off we're willing to give. Uh, just to get your bat in the lineup. So position players moving around, I, I tend to think, Ben, that I'm in, in the age of analytics uh, and, and the way rosters have been put together, I'm actually surprised you don't see more of this from, quote, non-star players. Like, obviously, Austin Riley, you don't want him to... Uh, Ronald Acuna, but even Ronald Acuna can move around, is you look at what Bill Belichick does in the, uh, in yeah. the National Football League. Yeah. I'm going to take my 54-man roster... And I'm going to try to make it into about a 60-man roster with guys' versatility, right? It doesn't mean you're going to play there every time. But if I can get a guy that can play guard, he can play center, he can play fullback, I can get a linebacker that can play fullback and play defensive end, a safety that can play wide receiver in a pinch, you are creating, quote, more roster spots yes. and still keeping it within the rules. I'm surprised more Major League Baseball teams don't do that with players who have some kind of versatility where it's like, look, I can put you anywhere in there and basically make an everyday nine with 10 players. If, if you get what I'm saying, basically it's like, hey, here's my starting nine, but this guy, I could put him in a different position every day, keep his bat in the lineup, and he's good. And I, I think you saw a guy like Charlie Culberson would be, to me, a good candidate for that. He could play outfield. He could play shortstop. He could play second base. He could play third. He could play first. He could pitch. Emergency catcher. I'm not saying you put him back there as a, you know to catch, but that's a guy that's got positional versatility. And I'm surprised more baseball teams haven't gone to some of that where you just expand the function uh, of your roster 
exponentially by guys who can do a number of things. Instead of locking them into, this is what you do, and if, if you're struggling, well, the only option is to move you down the order or sit you. I, I, so I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen a little bit more development of your roster like that across Major League Baseball. Which, which, which once again, makes Otani even more. Right. So I, mean, which, yeah. which, I think which, you would look at Otani and say, maybe not pitcher outfielder, but yeah, could I yeah. get a guy that can play first in outfield or third in outfield or whatever and utilize them depending on matchup and keep guys in the lineup? I, I'm just surprised we haven't seen that more with I mean, other teams. I mean, Otani's a freak. Don't get me wrong. I hate to use the, the creme de la creme, but yeah. I'm saying today's baseball, whether it's you know high school, minor league, college, pro – well, before you get to the pros, how much more attractive are you? If I say, look, obviously I, I would think a lot. Now, Tony is he's the, he's about the exception right. as, like I've ever seen. But if I say I can, you know, I'm an outfielder and I can play, you know, third. Meaning, I might I'm probably going to be better at one than the other, but sure. I'm very very efficient and I can do both. Like Austin Riley, for example, like obviously he was going to be. The everyday third base, but they were going to say, we're going to try, we're going to put him in other places to get him out there. And I think that's why, I'm, I'm again, I'm surprised more teams haven't taken on that line of thinking just to get guys in the lineup. But the Braves, obviously, I think they're looking for consistency from their offense, and Brian Snicker doing what he thinks he needs to do tonight to shake that up. We'll come back. SEC meetings are this week, Ben, and, well, some talking points already. If you don't like the SEC, well, you may not like them a whole much more after we get done talking about what we're going to talk about. But we'll get to that next here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Back here on 3 and Out. Nice to have you along on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Uh, you can follow us uh, along on Facebook, Twitter, and we're back on YouTube, so we're excited about that uh, as well. And, of course, all across the, uh, the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, the SEC meetings. We talked about this last week, Ben, with the ACC meetings, some of the things they were talking about, and we talked about the financial disparities of the league. I mean, the SEC is going to be talking about that as well talking about future scheduling. The SEC's deal, I think, set to be renegotiated about the time that the college football playoff gets renegotiated. So a lot of people saying, well, without knowing what the playoff format looks like, what is Greg Sankey and company uh, going to do? Uh, would it go to a pod system? Would they keep it kind of the way it is? What are they kind of looking at? So all that's getting discussed and been this getting thrown out there by, uh, by folks at the SEC and probably not by accident. Uh, when talked about it, uh, Greg Sankey saying, look, we're open to exploring, you know, every every option, blue sky option, whatever you want to call it, including doing our own playoff. And we say, what do you mean? To, it would be an SEC-only playoff. Uh, a lot of people said, obviously, don't know what that would look like, but many people saying maybe an 18 playoff that would start a week off after the end of the regular season and play, obviously, four weeks up to New Year's Day where the SEC championship game would then be played. That was just one thing potentially put out there. Pete Thamel on ESPN.com has got a tremendous, tremendous column on it. I would encourage you to check it out where he kind of details what they're talking about here. But, Ben, a lot of talk in that article about how Greg Zanke was upset with the other conference commissioners. He really wanted expanded playoffs, and for good reason. I, you know, hey, we're getting two in now. And, again, this is one of those things where I think – you could take it either way. Hey, you don't want to give this to me? Fine, we're getting two in almost every year now, taking double shares. SEC wants expanded playoff. It kind of fell apart towards the end where we didn't get it, and Greg Sankey upset about that. Yeah. I don't know if any other league that could do this. The Big Ten's got a lot of weight to throw around, but 
I think this is one of those where this is the leverage move. Because yep. somebody was even quoting an article saying, look, Greg Sankey's got all the leverage in the world. Because you put something out like, hey, we're talking about doing an SEC-only playoff. What? I think if I'm the ACC, if I'm the, S- if I'm the Big Ten, if I'm the Pac-12, I look back and go, they wouldn't do that. But they probably could if they wanted to. And is this more talk about a way to get a 12-team college football playoff? Mm-hmm. Or, Ben, do you think in a world of money, 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 do you know how much money us doing this thing by mm-hmm. ourselves? Would make yes. where if you have a playoff, hey, I know that every every game matters. Well, guess what, SEC fans, we're still playing rivalry games. Texas and Oklahoma are with us now. We're playing them. We're rotating through the league more often. And guess what? At the end of the year, we're going to put together a playoff: Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Texas, Tennessee. This year, you know, Missouri and uh, you know Texas A and M made it. Let's go have at it. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a. I know you can say the regular season didn't matter as much. I'm sorry. That's more interesting than the big boy mowers bowl. I, it is. It is. It is. Uh, you know, so you talk about leverage, you talk about dollars, Ben. When you hear things from Greg Sankey uh, it, it, coming out in that Pete Thamel article, it's like, look, he was obviously disappointed that they didn't get an expanded playoff, that it stayed at four. And we're going to talk about. You know, at least explore all options, including an, an SEC-only playoff. Yeah. I mean, they're going to do more and talk about it, right? Oh, oh yeah. And what they already been talking about it, probably, yes. Uh, I mean, but, uh, but again, no other conference could pull this off. No. I, if well, well, Kevin, what set the stage for this is not – what set the stage for this was the COVID year because that's when every single conference was on display. All right. The Big Ten, how are y'all working with each other? Didn't, didn't, look, didn't go too well. Now, the ACC didn't look bad – but Greg Sankey said, "This is this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna trust the, you know, we're gonna trust the health professionals. It's about the players. It's about the coaches. It's about the facilities. It's about, you know, the health and safety of everybody involved. We're gonna do this day." And they stuck with it while everybody else was scrambling. Obviously, the Pac-12 came on last. Greg Sankey knew this though. I'm putting at least one participant in every year, if not two, every year in the college football playoff. We're the only conference to have the same two teams playing the national championship within, what, two or three years of each other. they just switching who won. I think it was uh, 12. Uh, let me get the exact number uh, here, Ben. I think it's uh, 12 of the last uh, 16 championships for University of Georgia, or for the SEC. Hang on one second. It's 12 a, of the last 15 national wow. titles have been and, the SEC. And, 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 uh, and the three that won, if I'm not mistaken, is Clemson twice. And LSU, I mean, Clemson twice and what? Uh, Ohio State, I want to say. I think what happens is, too, Kevin, like you mentioned, Greg Sankey, if you never met him, he's a cool, complex individual. He's a guy that, I mean, you talk about trying to get this done. I mean, they've been, they was having private meetings behind the scenes talking about different things. Greg Sankey knows if I can get two out of four, how many can I get out of 12? And the college football playoff committee know that. They're like, Greg, listen, I'm sorry, man, but we know what you're doing. Like, how many, how many SEC teams, when the final rankings come out, are going to be in that top ten? They're going to be in for two reasons. One, the college football playoff rankings has to do with, one, the reputation of that school, the reputation of that conference, and do America want to see those games? That's going to eliminate a lot of schools. And you start talking about being top-heavy. There is no more top-heavy conference than, than, uh, than SEC. You talk about Alabama and Georgia. Granted, you talk about LSU, Texas A&M, you know, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina. Then you're talking about Ole Miss. So I think what Greg Sankey is saying is, look, uh, NCAA, 
this might be y'all last stand to keep it. Because if y'all lose us. But they don't have anything to do with the play. I just want to correct oh, yeah, that they, again. But, I, mean, I, but, but I think this is a shot to the other conferences. Well, is, I, is I, what I, I, what I, well, okay. I, I view and, that. And you're the, making double. Like we talked about this Friday. The, oh the SEC made double in the COVID year what the Pac 12 did in revenue. So if I'm making like double, the Pac-12 can't just sit I'm back. Making double, I'm making double when no one's in the stands. I'm making. I'm still making double. And well, this this comes down to popularity. I mean, now even though Florida and Florida State is going to play, you know, they're going to play on Friday this year, which that's probably not going to that's probably <laughs> not going to work moving forward because you know you disrupting you know high school football in the state of Florida, which is which is really really huge. You think about it, Kevin. The U- UCLA and USC plays on Friday every year. That's how. You know, that's how, you know, little people care about the two, you know, arguably the two, you know, biggest brands in college football in the state of South, I mean, in the state of California. When you started talking about, the, but the biggest flex was, come on, Texas, come on, Oklahoma. I mean, what else does the Big 12 have? If the Big 12 does not have Texas, they don't have anything. I'm sorry, Baylor. That's, it's not going to cut it. I'm sorry, TCU. It's not going to cut it. I mean, that would be like saying, you take high school football. If we are a, if we are the you know, two biggest juggernauts in uh, a said conference, they just say we're finna go down. Uh, do, I mean, we're finna go down to you know class you know three A, and we was in four A. That hurts us. Cause like, wait a minute, man. So I think that now, Kevin, when you think about what Greg Sankey's doing, he's putting it out there for everybody here. Cause he doesn't have a date, right? But he doesn't have a date. But if I go, but listen. You know, sometimes just the threat of right, we, we might just do our own thing. Wait, what? Well, no, but there is a date. Now, in twenty twenty five, the college football playoff contract ends. If you don't know what that format is, uh oh, and you know Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in the league. Like, look, I look uh, there is a date out there. But again, I think this is more a play by Greg Sankey to put pressure on the ACC, Big Ten, Pac twelve, Big Twelve to say. We're expanding this thing. Who, who do they? Who do they want from them? Who do you think they want from no, those conferences? I don't think they want anybody. I, I look. I I think he wants an expanded play because nobody wa- nobody I think outwardly wants to be the guy that makes the move. I think yeah. Greg. I think Greg Sankey wants to be the guy that says you left me no other choice. So, right? So, you know, so, see so what I'm saying? Like, I, like, yeah. Nobody wants to be like, hey, we're just going to do our own thing. I think he Greg Sankey puts this out there to say ACC, SEC, or ACC. Excuse me, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, Big Ten. We want the 12-team playoff. We were all good. We're all talking about it. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, nope, not doing it. And I think that, again, kind of set poorly with him. He's like, I thought we had progress. I thought we were working towards a a common thing. And then it goes away. And now you say, look, this is one of those things where it's the guy with the most money. And he's like, hey, if you don't give us kind of what we want, we'll just go do it ourselves. Like, I think this is Greg Sankey's way of saying, we want you to be a part of this thing because college football is better when it's more than 14 teams or 15 yeah. teams. Yeah. But if you're not going to work with us here or you're going to do things and then go back on them, this is what I'm going to throw out there. And I think this is putting pressure because Pac-12 knows they can't do that. ACC knows they can't do that. Big 12 knows they can't do that. I think even the Big Ten knows you can't have a Big Ten-only playoff. I mean, no. again, how much equity do you have in programs like Minnesota? I'm not saying they're not good. Don't take this wrong. It's like, yeah. hey, these pro- – but how much equity right now do you have in programs like Purdue and Minnesota and Rutgers? They're not – they're not – and, and this is the thing. Right? Even a school like Maryland as far as college football. I, I just think you, you're putting pressure on them to say, look, fellas, expand this thing or – Didn't Maryland really used to be in the ACC? Yeah, or we can go over here and do our own thing and we'll still make all yeah. the money. We will make all the money because, again, if I'm the commissioner of the ACC and I see this, 
I know the SEC is making you know more money than we are by a significant margin. I know they're adding two teams, which is going to command more revenue, probably by a significant margin. I know the SEC has got a media deal coming up in a couple of de- uh, years that's going to expand by a significant margin. Our media deal is kind of locked in place for the next uh, you know handful of years. It's not a great deal. Uh, we're going to get outpaced uh, you know in revenue big time. How do I keep the Clemson, the Florida State, the Virginia Tech from getting the wandering eyes going? SEC, would you go to? Would you well, go to twenty? No, and, and I'm saying, oh, I, I'm I saying, but like, I think that. this is what this is what I think people. The reality when people say there's going to be a seismic shift in college football, Ben, this is what they're talking about. Yeah, it has nothing to do with what's happening on the field. Yeah, it has everything to do with money and people not wanting to get left uh, sitting at the kitty well, table. Well, that's what. That's, that's, but that's kind of what I meant when I said. It's not so much do Greg Sankey want them. If I'm a, if I'm a Clemson, which okay, I'm I'm yeah I didn't win the ACC in 2021. But if I'm saying all right, I don't have as much leverage by myself as I do if I partner with you know if I come over to the right. to the SEC because they saying themselves look man at the end of the day right at the end of the day like Greg Sankey is saying look we got Oklahoma and Texas that just shows you they look they don't have to come over here. They could have said, nah, we're going we gonna to make sure that we – they looking around saying, okay. But I think even Greg Sankey knows, like, for the, the good of what's going on in the college realm, if he does that, right, if you break off and you play an SEC-only champ, uh, playoff, the rest of college football is going to be what? Like, what's the rest of the sport at that point? No, and, and I'm not saying this to be doom I'm just being – I'm asking a general question. It ain't much. Like – what is what what is that? Because again, you have the ACC; they're all playing second fiddle to a, t- a league that's doing its own thing. How do you compete financially to be able to continue to do uh, what your mission is in the Pac-12 in the AC? And again, I think there's a number of schools that say, like, we we, we can't do it. Yeah, we want it, like you said, the partnership, the uh, the alliances. I, I think that's why people said the SEC and the Big Ten, being the succubus of cash uh, that they are right now in college athletics. That might cause a size of shit. But to me, Greg Sankey knew when he said that, hey, we're going to explore all possibilities, including an SEC playoff. What's it going to look like? Ah, you know, I don't know, but we're going to talk about it. If well, I, hear, got, that, well, if I got, hear that, if I'm the ACC, I'm like, oh, man. Like, well, yeah, like, well, like how, do you, how do you hold yourself together and know that they could actually, like, it's one thing if, if Jim Phillips, commissioner of the ACC, came out and said, fellas, revenue model's not working. We're going to do an ACC-only playoff. If we can't get an expanded playoff, everybody else would be looking at Jim like, "Are you, are you high right now? Like, yeah. how are you going to do that? Like, yeah. are you going to be able to generate enough compelling matchups in your playoff to drive the dollars?" Pac-12 saying the same thing. Big 12 saying the same thing. I think the Big Ten to a lesser extent, but you got to be saying in, in football, you got to be saying the same thing because they're really driven by two brands. The SEC is not. And, 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 that, and, that, and, that's, say, and that's and that's where and, they've done a the better could, job at with yeah. everybody else. Like if, if you give Greg Sankey this much, do you always ask? I mean, who's your favorite team? You always say, I got 14 favorite teams. <laughs> right. I got 14, I got 14. And because what he's done is he's saying, look, man, the one thing we've done in the SEC, we've made sure. Look at how we do it. Big name coaches. The biggest names in coaching is in the SEC. Brian Kelly comes from freaking Notre Dame to LSU. Kirby Smart. You know what I'm saying? You talk about you talk about like Nick Saban. You talk about you know, who was the hottest coach in the Sun Belt. Billy Nick, come to the SEC, right? And I think what he's done is he's saying, look, man, 
the the national cha- the two things that the SEC got on this side, right? The SEC championship game supersedes every other conference championship sure. game. It's already there, right? And we got the premier teams, meaning people go, you know, you take the average, you know, you you, uh, you know, uh, lover of college football. Hey man, where's LSU? Is in the SEC? Somebody goes, where's what, what conference is Maryland in? Uh. That's a problem. No, I know. And, and, and I think with Greg Sankey, he's knowing this. He says, and we finna add Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, 12 out of 15, you can buy yourself a lot of leverage hey, uh, in these things. We'll come back. I want to continue this conversation yeah. because obviously it's something. one thing to put it out there. It's another thing to try to you know put that into practice. We'll break that down next. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. Good to have you along here on 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. SEC meetings this week in Destin, talking about the future scheduling models. We'll get to that because obviously a lot of people talking about would the SEC do an SEC-only playoff. Pete Thamel, great piece, uh, ESPN.com, on that today. And, and Ben, uh, people could say maybe, you know, I, I live with my head in the clouds on this, or, you know, about, hey, Greg Sankey, I think using this more as a, potential piece to try to force his agenda of expanded playoffs, which I think a lot of people are in favor of. And I thought it was only a matter of time to do that. I know he wants more teams, but you have five major conferences and four spots, plus Notre Dame. Like, to, to me, that math never worked um, in, in terms of divvying up revenue because that's what, the, that's what the conferences care about. Is it nice to tout we got the national champion? Of course it is, especially when you've won 12 or 15. But what the conference commissioners want is I want that playoff cut, right? I want the big money coming into the coffers that we can thus, uh, you know, use inside the conference. How much, though, Ben, do you think the SEC wants to go it by itself? Or you think even even with the, hey, we hold a lot of the cards, that wouldn't be smart uh, to do? How much do you think? Because I, 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 I wonder, is there some sort of we need all the other schools thought going on versus, you know, we could really do this by ourselves. Like, how much do you think they want to, to to do it by themselves? I don't think they want to do it by themselves. I think they will. I think they're willing to do it by themselves. But Kevin, like you said, Greg Sankey knows one. He goes, "Look, man, we want to look like we're welcoming when it comes to the. We, we are already getting what half of the piece, half of the freaking pie, every freaking college football playoff. So I know when I walk in the room, I'm not welcome. I, I get that part because most teams ain't even getting nobody in from. Their conference. We're getting two in with losses. Other teams can, you know, have undefeated teams and can barely get in. And last year, I mean, think about it. And last year, it was Cincinnati. So they they cut into it. So I think that when you think about Greg Sankey and the SEC, they're saying, all right, man. Because this is the thing, Kevin, the one thing we say is this. While we know what it takes to do it, we ain't never done it. And once we do it, we got to maintain it. Now, I don't think they, I don't think the SEC, because that, because you just, you made a great point when you said this. People, as much as we make it about the national championship, it's not. That's just proving that quote the SEC is the best conference because they're gonna be at the top of the hill. And when they not, Clemson twice, you know, mm-hmm. Ohio, Florida State, State one F- time, Florida yeah. State one time, and Florida State played who Auburn in the national <laughs> championship that year. I think what Greg Sankey is saying is. We we listen. We don't want to do this by ourselves. We went to the NCAA. Or, you know, we went to the college football playoffs. And said, this is what we want. They said, no, we're not expanding. Well, no, I, that was apparently it was all the conference commissioners. And again, according to the article, Pete Thamel was saying, look, he thought he was building consensus among a lot of the conference commissioners and college presidents to go to twelve, and then it didn't happen. And I think he kind of holds a little 
not resentment, but he would. It didn't well, leave a nice taste well, in his yeah, mouth. It's like, had, hey, well, we're, he, well, he, well, this is the thing, right, Kevin? It's almost like this. I'm sorry. Everybody, everybody does. I mean, even though it came from Jimbo Fisher, everybody, everybody doesn't just love Nick Saban. They just don't. <laughs> and, and for two reasons: one, because he's always winning, and two, he's still complaining, and he gets. Every, I got access to any and everything that I want with the number two recruiting class in the country, with the uh, Heisman Trophy winner, and our not even our the best player. You know, Will Anderson coming back. What what is going on right now? When you talk about what the SEC is trying to do, they're saying, "Look, y'all not gonna keep treating us as if to say we aren't the cash cow and we aren't the reason." Most onlookers of college football are coming to watch SEC football, right? Or they just lovers of college football. Now, there's another thing that the SEC, that the SEC has on this on this side. They're good in every freaking sport. They ain't what the ACC is in basketball, but they're pretty freaking good. Don't even get me to talking about baseball. Or track. So what Greg Sankey is saying, all right, just take football off the table for a second, which I know it's about that. Yeah, it's about football. Uh, It's about football. Man, let's go to any other season. We still balling. You go to any other season when it comes to sports, and we still doing. That's just just adding what Vanderbilt is not in football. Look at what they provide. So I think that what Greg Sankey is really saying is this. All right, y'all commissioners don't really like me. Cool. Or, yeah, or, or, yeah. or let me say this. Y'all don't really agree with wanting to go on your own. But this is the thing, right? All right. Give me a better alternative. Because this is the thing. What, what he's really saying, y'all have no shot to get in. So you telling me y'all willing to stay with it like it is before Texas and Oklahoma come to, come to this. All right. Cool. But don't get mad at me when I did. I'm the one knocking on your door saying we can do this. Meaning if we get 12, because what he's saying is this. Y'all said the fans want the national championships and the fan bases. College athletics, we want the money. Do we got to just start coming? Because that's what this is about. This is about the money. Y'all I mean, and again, and, and again, I'm, I don't, I don't want to say this out of turn. But Ben, if they did an SEC only college football be, tournament with, with eight teams it's culminating be, it's, in it's the gonna championship be, it's gonna be on January one, I dare say that potentially. You could get more money for that than you could or, the college or, football or, or, playoff. Or, or, I mean, or, 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 maybe or, or, I'm wrong on that. Or what but if Greg Sankey says this? All right. How about 2026? If, if it runs out of 2025. I, yeah, I think 2026 is when they don't know what the formula is. 2026, how about we all do it? Y'all do y'all standalone? We do our standalone. And let's see. Well, they don't want to do that. Fresno State versus Arizona State, it's not going to be as appealing as LSU takes AM. Because what he's saying is, all right, because 2020, listen, what he's saying is this. I'm trying to put y'all ahead of kind of what we're thinking. Got, got a couple of years now to put it in y'all heads because come 2026, once it runs out, listen, once it runs out, once the college football playoff runs out and we all get to resign, we might not want to sign that dotted line. And so y'all want to go from P5 to what? To the Fantastic Four? <laughs> if that's what y'all want. But the Big 12, best team going to be what? Baylor, because they no longer have Texas and Oklahoma. All, Oklahoma State, maybe. I yeah. mean, you know, and, 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 oh, and this is what people ain't really saying too. For all these loving the Big Twelve right now, as twenty twenty five approaches, and they send the SEC money go this way, and that money going that way, Mister Mister, I'm forty. He's fifty now. Yeah. Oh, coach, he might he might come up. He might come up because that's another thing too. Because you don't think you don't think you got to why the commissioners. Ain't calling Greg Sankey. I bet you some of these ADs calling him. Hey, man, what's it going to take to get us in that thing? Because 
At the end of the day, Kevin, I want to preserve. Well, get, like I said, I, I think that's where you get the shift that a lot of people are talking about because people like to think that conferences are together and they all love each other and all mm. that. And I think at the end of the day, it is I am going to look out for my own self-interest, which is if I'm at Clemson, I'm going to do what's best for me. And if that means I got to say we're going to break an agreement with the ACC and move over there, then that's what it's going to be, right? Because I'll make $45 million more dollars than I will make. Because now, I'm, if doing, I say now I'm doing we listen, I don't know what they tell the coaches. I don't they don't have to tell the coaches anything. If I'm if a model got set for any organizational entity, no matter who they put in that spot, you're a part of the big plan. It doesn't matter that you're one of part of that meeting. <laughs> you are a part of the big plan. So at the end of the day, Kevin, they're gonna say, All right, y'all don't want to do the SEC thing, right? Well, show us the money. We saw what the SEC got. The SEC plaster what they get all the time. Yeah. Right? So show me what we getting. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you ain't making money, don't make a lot of sense when it comes to these things. And I get the fact that I don't even know what preserving these conversations, I don't even know what that means. Preserving what? Like, look, adjust, uh, you, you're a dinosaur if you don't even give this thing. Because Greg Sankey, come 2026, Kevin, you talking about a nuance. Oh, come 2026, it's going to be something. The SEC going to say, listen, either y'all – if we if y'all doing y'all's and we doing ours and we look like we in we in unity doing it, that's different. But if we do it by ourselves and them numbers come back, then, you know, it's almost like if I asked you to be a part of this thing before it got up and running, it's a different price once it's up and running. Well, what you mean you want to come in? Well, you know, you might have to pay, you might have to buy in to get in. I just think that Greg Sanger got about as much leverage as I've ever seen. One, he is the most I mean, powerful got, it's person in, in college football. But like I said, Mark Emmer, you had a chance. Even though the NCAA, they so it's like they never really had anything. And then uh 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 I want to say uh, Mr. Hancock, um President Hancock of uh, yeah. the College Football Playoff Committee. Right now, oh yeah, you got Greg Sankey for three more years. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. What happens in 2026 when – because, Kev, you know what's going to happen. If it's going to happen in 2026, they're going to announce it in 2024, 2025. Sure. They're going to let you know. You got to be preparing for that. Listen, listen, XFL in 2023, (laughs) CFL, USFL is thinking, (laughs) the rock day coming, boy. But, no, look, I I do think, you know, if you're Bill Hancock, that is one of the things. Like, look, how does our – us running this college football playoff work without the biggest – Potential uh, factor in it. That's. I mean, again, wow. I think Greg Sankey, you said, as much leverage as any person in college athletics has today. We'll come back. More to come. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on this Monday. We'll take three coming up next hour. Also, some over-unders are out for the ACC in college football. We'll get thoughts on uh, what we think about uh, how successful some of these programs could be in the future. And, of course, we'll look at the SEC meetings uh, going on as uh, Greg Sankey. Really, again, uh, if you're not paying attention to the minutia of what's happening, uh, I know it kind of sounds a little tedious. We were like, why are you still talking about the money? Because th- these, these are the things that I think are going to seismically shift college football. That's why so much time has been spent on NIL is how much it's going to change college football. Is it tedious and maybe sometimes in the weeds? Sure. But it's going to physically change college football. And you don't think if the SEC – doesn't get what they want, which is an expanded playoff that they won't do their own, and that doesn't change college football in a big, big way. You're kidding yourself. We'll come back. We'll take three next here on Three and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio.
Good to have you along here, three and out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com, and on Facebook, Twitter, and back on YouTube. Excited about that uh, after a brief absence. A lot to get to. we got the over-unders uh, for football in the ACC. We'll run down those and also continue to look at the SEC meetings. A lot of big things put out there by Greg Sankey and potentially what could the future schedules look like in the SEC. If you're an SEC guy, are you excited about pods? Are there teams you care about playing uh, each and every year? We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But, Ben, it is 4 o'clock, and there's only one thing to do. That's take three here on 3 and out. All right, take one. Travis Etienne, been cleared by the Jaguars medical staff from the uh, Liz Frank injury. Uh, did you say you had a Liz Frank injury at one point? Uh, almost, almost. Almost, okay. yes, almost, yes. So he has been cleared from his uh, Liz Frank injury to return to practice. What impact will he have now that he's back? I think I think it's going to have a, an incredible impact. I, when I when I see a guy like Travis Etienne, I think he has like an Alvin Kamara type skill set. A guy that understands, Kevin, by sitting a year, you know that, look, kind of the way they use you in Clemson, how are we going to use you now? We're, gonna, we're not going to give you – you know, 30, 30 touches a game, but, you know, 20 touches a game, maybe like, you know, 15 on the ground, maybe five, you know, uh, catching the ball out the backfield because I think he's such a he's such a weapon on the offensive side of the ball. Have, you know, it's been a year trying to get back, and, I, and I'm pretty sure if you ask him, he probably worked as hard as he's ever worked in his life. A Liz Frank injury, uh, you know, to a, you know, uh, uh, to a, to a running back is kind of like, you know, Tommy John uh, for a pitcher. I mean, it could be sometimes people don't recover from Liz Frank injuries. I mean, that's breaking the that's breaking the bone on the top of your foot. The strongest part of your foot is the top of it. When you break the top that top bone, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's something. So I, I think for me, Kevin, yes, uh, because the thing about Travis Etienne, he is the greatest AC running back of all time, and that's with limited opportunities. They did not feature him. Uh, me and me and BJ were blessed enough to go uh, see him. I think as a true freshman in the ACC uh, championship game, first paper scrimmage, he took like eighty some yards for a touchdown. The young man has incredible talent. Uh, understands how to, you know, learned a lot last year, uh, you know, uh, from his teammate, from James Robinson. And I just think that having a guy, you know, like Doug Peterson, who loves running backs, loves running the football, find out creative ways. Uh, I think when he won the, I think we won the Super Bowl, I think he had a Jahi, a Jahi uh, at running back. I I, I think it's pretty, a pretty big upgrade from a Jahi, Jahi, taking us away from the young man to a, uh, to a Travis Eaton. But, yes, Kevin, I see him being huge in an offense that loves what Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, uh, you know, Marvin Jones, maybe like Travis Etienne with Trevor Lawrence delivering the ball. Yeah, sounds like a scary offense to me. I think he could be the starting running back before the season's over. Uh, yeah. I, he was, what, a first-round pick? Yeah. And, again, I'm not – Pollard was going to be heading now got hurt, but yeah. Right, I'm, and I'm not taking anything away from James – and I think maybe that was in Urban Meyer's mind as well as, like, when he had to hold James Robinson uh, – Back and forth, like no, get up. like maybe in the back of his mind, he was like, "Man, Travis Etienne would be the starter." And again, rightly or wrongly, but coaches have that in their brain sometimes. So I think he's going to end up being the starter before the season's all over. He has familiarity, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence. I think if he's fully healthy, Ben, a lot of upside there for uh, for Travis Etienne at the end of the day. All right, Ben, take two. We'll go away from sports here. The final or the last whatever payphone in New York City in Manhattan was taken out today. When is the last time you used a payphone? I will say this. All right. When uh, wow. And these kids today have no idea. Yeah, pay, yeah. So for those who don't know, payphone is what it sounds like. It's not. It's not trying. We to, don't just go to the store, put more minutes on. Now it. I, will, I will say this. I will say this. All right. So, uh, when we first moved to Augusta, 
man, I see. I was in the fifth grade. So I was, how old are you in the fifth grade? Was you like 10? So that was what? That was uh, 92, 93. We move up there. Obviously, long, well, at least eight years away from, from cell phones. Right. I wasn't getting one anyway. But <laughs> uh, they, they had this store. We, we lived in this place called uh, Williamsburg Apartments off of Meadowbrook Drive. I remember this. They had this store. They had, it was a store right there before we turn in to go to the apartment complex. They had these three pay phones right, you know, right beside each other. It was always somebody on one of them. Like somebody, because that's back, that's back when, <laughs> you know, you knew the pay phone number by heart to where you would give somebody a pay Pay phone. Now, mind you, we knew the pay phone by heart because, you know, I mean, being from Swainsboro, moving to Augusta, you know, I'm calling my grandma, calling my grandfather, calling my aunts and uncles, you know, and to the point where, you know, hey, I, I mean, we know how to do it too, man. That's back. When, oh, Kevin, that's back when you had collect calls. You have a collect <laughs> call. Because it's the one thing, right? If Okay. Now, you pay the 25 cent to call, you know, right. you know, just locally. But if, well, this is what people didn't know. If you gotta go collect, since they got the, since they got to pay for it, you just one eight hundred whatever, and they like, hey, you know, I said, what? I'm just calling them. You have a collect call from, and my grandma be like, hey, is, uh, do you still click? My grandma ain't doing. It. My great grandma <laughs> doing. It. But I, but I will say this, uh, you know, when you're young, that's all you got. Yeah, like, collect call from your grandson. Uh, click. Collect. The thing about pay phones, what made <laughs> what the, the reason for pay phones was people that travel. So when you going somewhere, hey man, we in a, where we at right now? You know, you calling home and man, we had to fight for them pay phones though. Man, you get up there, you be like, hey, man, can I use the phones like this? Man, I'm on the phone with my lady. Man. All right, bro, but you been on the phone like three hours. But yeah, pay for for those. Once again, man, it goes back to our our parents saying, y'all young people, all they know is you know, iPhone, Android, whatever. The pay phones was that deal. But like I say, make sure you get there early because I remember people. Who were trying to get jobs? Who they'll say, "What's your number?" They call on your payphone. I was um, I was watching Football Life of Warren Sapp, the Warren Sapp. He said, "Uh, when they used to give out, because he said I don't think they had a home phone. They used to give out the payphone for college recruiters. Hey, somebody on the phone here for Warren. Warren Sapp, yeah." Oh, oh, his mom went me. So, hey, man, pay phones, man. They saved a lot of lives back in the day, man. So, hey, whoever invented pay phones, shout out to you, sir or ma'am. Yeah, but they're whomever, done. But they, but they done. The last the one. The last one is in New York. Wow. I'm surprised it was, like, still there. Like, I mean, who who uses a pay phone? They, they didn't know what it anymore. was. Yeah, like, look, it's put in a museum. Like, remember, you had to put a quarter in there. For what? So hey, you, you know can make Kevin, a phone hey, Kevin, call. You know what, Kevin? That's what, Kevin or you, actually, you make, I think it went up to 35 cents. If you... You walk up, you walk up in a man cave. They got a payphone up in there. Would you be like, go ahead? But it works. Hello. I mean, <laughs> hey man, shout out to the payphones, man. Yeah. For those of us that was that was around, I those wanna, bad boys was up and running. I want to say the last payphone I used, probably like two thousand and five. I want to say maybe. As best still had the pager at that point. I used to ride around with quarters and dimes in the car. So you yes. like, ding, ding. Hey, uh, what do you need? Oh, I was just. I just wasted thirty five cents on that. Like what? Like we didn't need to. We didn't need it. But yeah. And then you had to ride around and know where all the payphone drops were and all that to uh, you. these kids. Today, I couldn't stand the payphones where man, you you can't see that the cord been ripped out and you go like, <laughs> man, y'all play around too much, man. <laughs> Get the right. good old good old days yeah. of the payphones, yeah. uh, long gone by. But all right, moving on, Ben. Take three. Today is also we got to do the national holidays, and t- today is National Taffy Day. You know, you got the Laffy Taffy, the Saltwater the Taffy, taffy. Mm. yeah, the uh, Rate taffy though as a, as a candy because I know you can go, uh, 
You go to a lot of the candy makers, they'll give you the salt water taffy that they're springing yeah, out right there. I will there. say this. I will rate Laffy Taffy. Now, as an adult, I mean, it's probably, I would rate it like, a, I don't know, a three or four. Because I don't eat it as now. Out of when 10, I was, yeah. When I was a kid, oh, it's t- 10. Because the thing, the thing about, the thing about you know, Laffy Taffy was, you know, when you were a kid, right, you talk about Laffy Taffy, Laffy or Taffy is the original stick to your teeth candy. It is going to stick to your teeth no matter what. And I remember when, you know, uh, growing up in Swainsboro, Georgia, we used to have we used to have um, home stores. People had stores in their homes. And that little taffy candy was cheap. It used to be in all, you know, it, you know, you go to like, you know, you go to like downtown, like like I think it's like downtown Savannah or something like that. They still got them right there. But we, we used to have them back in the day, Kevin. Like, and you can see it, whatever. They'll go to the purple one, they'll go to the red one, you know, they'll go to the yellow one, they'll go to the red one, uh, green one. But uh Laffy Taffy itself, man, I mean, I love it. Now, would um, would um, would airheads be considered taffy? No. Okay. Okay. I don't think so. I don't know what airheads are. The, the, are they, are the, they considered that? Uh, no. I think Somebody weigh in at Pigskin Radio or airheads. I know what simple. It's I mean, similar, but but a little harder. The thing about the taffy is this: you can barely get it out of the paper because it's sticking to the paper. And then, hey man, I I and and, and speaking of lavender taffy, I ain't had a lavender taffy in a minute. Now, my teeth ain't as strong as it used to be. So, I mean, I might pull the taffy out. My teeth might be with it. So, I might have to leave it alone. But no, Kevin, when I was young, taffy was, that was one of my go-to candies. One, because my daddy liked it. So, whatever daddy liked, you know, I'm going to get it because he ain't buying nothing else. But as I got older, man, I mean, it, you know, it, it's it, it's not my, if I had to pick some candy, that's not going to be my go-to. Yeah, I'm uh, D minus. It's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. But like, it's not, like you said, I'm not seeking it out. Not seeking it out. It, 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 it ain't be, it ain't being uh, promoted like you. I never really liked it much as a kid. Like I didn't get the big deal. Like there's people that will fight you for some saltwater taffy, hey. and I'm like, listen, it's okay. But there's people like, oh, it's delicious. Like one piece, I'm good for you know at least a year. Like it's it's fine. It, 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 I, it's it, it's it, not it, high. It, it ain't your butterfingers. Is what you're saying. It's not even close to that. <laughs> <laughs> like if Butterfinger is Earth, Taffy is like Pluto, way out there. Taffy's There's not a, floating in the yeah in the in the Milky Way somewhere. It's way out there. We'll never see it. We'll never get to it. It's fine. No, that, that that's I think I like the, it. But yeah, but like I said, Taffy is one of those things. I, I will say this: if you've never been introduced to it when you were younger, you ain't finna go crazy over it if, once you're older. I would think because there's so many other options that just. That's because when you're younger, you don't realize what's actually good. That is true. Like, I that's mean, when p- adults are trying to feed you the peanut butter bars and the... Oh, like the butterscotch? Peanut, yeah, the, oh, I like butterscotch. That's but good. hold on, but... Oh, the potato the Werther's Originals, the caramels... We, we, call, we call things like, like butterscotch and, like, red hots or, like, uh, uh, peppermints. We call it church candy because, you know, I mean, we, had, <laughs> we did. We did. Because, like, back in the day, right, you know, we kids, you know, we, we used to go to church with our grandparents first. So and They always my, had it in the pocket? I, I always get in the purse. Huh, huh. Grandma, huh? And whatever they I think you. that was also to get you to be quiet. Of probably. course, you know. And, she, and my grandma used to tell us, my grandma used to tell us, stop, stop biting the candy, just you know, just suck on the yeah. candy. Yeah. Listen, I ain't a lot of butterscotch, a lot, a lot, a lot of peppermints in my days or whatever. But we can't yeah. hear the message because y'all are making too much noise. Here, have some candy. <laughs> they don't even look at you. They like, they like, put it in their hand. You like, take it from them. Don't you eat that paper? Take it out the paper. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> Oh, man, we have got so much more. That's take three. We do it every day this time. So much more to get to. Obviously, the SEC making waves. The ACC, we've got some over-unders for college football uh, as we are 90 
six days away from the start of the college football season. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Love to hear from you on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We're streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Good to have you back here three and out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get to on the show uh, the SEC meetings going on this week in Destin and why that's important. Are there games you care about, SEC fans, that if they were to go away because of scheduling and the new norm, I guess, of college football? We'll get to that. But, Ben, the ACC over-unders are out there on uh, per bet online. Uh, and I'm going to give you the team, and you tell me if you think too much. Give me the over-under. Obviously, you can't go. It's just right because you can't win a half a game, although – if you're the ACC, there may be some uh, situations where you would love an extra half a game win or something. But, all right, let's start there. Boston College, a decent team from a year ago, six and a half over-under there for Boston College. Again, these over-unders per bet online. I I, uh, I like six and a half for Boston College. I mean, you, you're talking about a team, Kevin, is going to definitely try to run the football. Uh, Boston College is always that team, always a mid You know, their, their win total is, is kind of similar to them. Mid-tier team doesn't get – no, not too high, not too low when it comes to them. But yeah, give me the BC boys. I like, I like six and a half. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna that, go. That, I'm gonna go. I'm a, can I? Can I? Can I go hold at six and a half? No, you can't go hold. I, I, I will go, it's I will over go, I will, or under. You have to pick one. Uh, give me under. BJ Bennett has infected your body oh, today yeah. and said oh, yeah. over uh, <laughs> over under. I want no. I went right there. No, you uh, can't do that. So you're gonna go. I, I think, mm, man, six that's and a half. tough. One. I will go under at six. I think they're a bowl eligible team. I don't know if they got much more. Uh, than that. Let's look at some other ones here while we uh, go, Ben. Clemson, people, again, I feel like perceptually there's a sense that Clemson had a really bad year last year because they weren't particularly explosive offensively with DJU and they weren't kind of the same uh, that people got accustomed to seeing them offensively. They were very good defensively, still won 10 games last year despite not going to the conference championship game. But I, I get the sense like people think they were really down and they still won 10 games. They're over under 10 and a half. Here for 2022. I, I would go over. I think this year, I think uh, I see him being an 11 win uh, team. Talk about a guy in DJU who got a year under his belt, going to have a really, really good defense uh, coming back. You talk about a guy in DJU, understand what it takes like to go out there. You know, he's going to have to, he's going to have to play better. And if he played subpar in 2021, they went, they won 10 games. He's going to get better. I see, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I, I do see him taking a, Hopefully, you know, a huge step in, uh, in his development. So I would go, I would go over. Man, because it's really trying 11 to 1, 12 and 0 uh, with Clemson. I feel like they I say bounce back. I'm going to go under. I'm going to say they win 10 again. I feel like DJU is a good quarterback. He did not separate himself as a great quarterback last year, but I know a lot of people are going to have some big eyes on what Clemson does here, especially DJU there at quarterback. I'm going to go under, hitting them at, uh, at 10. Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins, tough, tough, tough schedule. Obviously, fans saying we want more than three wins. Got to show some improvement in the program. Over under four and a half right now for Georgia Tech. I will go over. And now, 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 you're talking about schedules. Five wins, I mean, for this team is going to be incredible. Six, we're, we're talking about ACC coach of the year type <laughs> stuff. When you look at how crazy the schedule is. Kevin, I mean, what he's having, what three years, three, you know, three years in, what three, uh, three wins a season. I think, I yeah, I, I see him getting to that five, maybe six threshold. Now you now now they get to seven. That means that you know them boys was out there getting in. But yes, I do. I will go slightly over. I will say five, six win team. They're a tough one. Like I said, 
Are they good enough to win five, six games? I think so. Will that schedule allow it? I, I don't know. This is tough. I'm going to say over, and I don't feel great about it. I will say, give me the over-under. at uh, over. I'll go over at five, get you over the four-and-a-half mark, but I, I don't feel great about that. A lot of six, seven-win type programs in the ACC right now. Uh, ben, let's look at a couple that are sitting there in the middle. Virginia Tech, six-and-a-half with the over-under. This has been a team that likes to, to compete in the Coastal Division, obviously hasn't in the last few years. It's been it's been Pitt, it's been a Miami, but where do you see Virginia Tech? Uh, Virginia Tech, are, you know, usually like you know they 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 start fast, they kind of tail off at the end. I'm kind of kind of in the middle of you know what kind of team is going to be. I'm going to go I'm going to go under. I think this might be a team. This might be a year that uh, Virginia Tech takes a step back. Going to be competitive in most games they're in, but. It's like last year, Kevin. I mean, they started off the season with a team like UNC who wasn't able to really, like, maintain uh, that momentum throughout the season. They, my ACC team of the year that will be ACCing itself more often than that is Virginia Tech. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to go under. That's true. Lose at the most inopportune time, win at the time when you go. There was no way they were going to get it done. I, wow. I mean, got some, new, got some new coaching going on in yep. there. Yep. So hard to say that with the I'm going to go under. I'm going to wonder. I'll probably eat crow on that, but I mean, I'm going to go under six wins, under six and a half. I will say for Virginia Tech, North Carolina, another one. No Sam Howell. They're also at six and a half. Ben, uh, in that same ACC Coastal Division, I think they're one of the few teams. I want to say North Carolina and Georgia Tech might be one of the few teams in the Coastal that doesn't have a new coach coming into 2022. But where do you see the, the Tar Heels there at the over under six and a half? No Ooh, Sam Howell. I mean, no, no Sam Howell. I mean, and like I said, he was he was. And uh, they were projected to be a contender in the ACC last year, and they were not. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under because I don't. Once again, I don't think we appreciate like just just how much just how much pressure a guy like Sam Howell was under, and he's he was a type of player to where I mean he had to play well for them to even have a shot, and they've got they, you know you grow you grow accustomed to that much production. That much leadership, that much moxie uh, at the quarterback position, but for me, Kevin, uh, you know, you look at you look at what him losing two thousand yard rushes, two thousand yard receivers did to him in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. You talking about a new a new uh, signal caller? Uh, you got some veteran guys returning, but yeah, I, I, I think our Coach Mac Brown and company gonna take a, a step back. I'm gonna go under. I kind of don't know what to think about this because Mac Brown is a, is a is a very good coach. Yes, and I think have they reached the heights that people thought they were going to with Mac Brown? They went to the ACC championship game and got obliterated two years ago, um, and now they're sitting here at, the, at kind of a middling six and a half over under. I'm going to say over slightly. I'll say a seven win uh, football team. Uh, not a lot of confidence there. So again, you got to find a new quarterback. Can that offense go go go? Uh, to get enough wins, I'm not so sure. How about Miami? The U! Yes. They're back, right? Always back. Eight and a half, though. Eight and a half wins for Miami. And you look at, on the board, if you go by the over-unders, eight and a half would put Miami as the favorite in the Coastal Division. So that says a lot about the Coastal Division that nobody's really projected to win more than eight games uh, in uh, in the ACC. But Miami's at eight and a half wins in 2022. Love what Mario Cristobal is doing. Assembling a really, really nice staff. I mean, had a had a had a you know a really, really good recruiting class. Even though it was his first one coming in, coming over from Oregon, ain't half as little steep for me. I mean, I just think that sometimes Kevin, you know, the the what, what, a lot of sizzle. I mean, I ain't <laughs> seen the steak yet. So for me, I, 
Miami is a team no matter what, Kevin. I just got to see it consistently. Like, I mean, got them picked to win the co- eight and a half wins with a brand new coach. Ed Reed is on staff, and I think he's still having to introduce himself to some of these players. Like, who? Man, I thought that was dude from the Isley Brothers, man. No, that's 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 Ed Reed over there. I, mean, I, would, go, uh, uh, I would go under only because, Kevin, it's something about Miami with these big-time expectations and you know, I now they they assembling a nice staff now, but the staff they call plays. Players got to make plays. Sure. And I just think for this Miami team, what they had, what one guy drafted, uh, twenty in his in his, his most recent draft. I see them being very competitive, and the coastal division is always you know. But eight and a half, I'm I'm gonna eight. Yeah, but eight and a half. Yeah, woo, I'm I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go over. I think they actually will have a very good team. And you look at the rest of the coastal. It's like who's going to beat them. Uh, and again, that's when you say that about the ACC Coastal, that's very dangerous because the ACC Coastal is very fond of when you say stuff like that, uh, then that team loses two or three games. But I, I do think Miami's going to be very good, Ben. I do think it's interesting. You talk about Miami as a program. You say, hey, Ed Reed's back on staff uh, there at, or on staff at Miami, and I, that's been such a big thing is, hey, it's the Miami family, the Miami tradition, the Miami uh, legacy, whatever you want to call it. How much of that do you think plays with this crop of players? Because as we often say, you talk to somebody our age, and you're going, my goodness, like Miami's putting dudes in the NFL. Yes. 2001, Miami may have been the, 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 the sickest team of all time in terms of NFL talent. I think, what, 16 first-rounders on there kind of got hosed against Ohio State in the, uh, the national championship game. Otherwise, they would have gone back-to-back, and we would have been talking about you know legacies and dynasties. But, Ben. I don't want to make everybody feel old. But the seniors in college right now were one years old when yeah, Miami did yeah, that. Yeah. The seniors. So that means everybody else is like, what? Miami? I mean, they've been okay, but like you haven't had the legacy since they've been alive of the Ed Reeds, the 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 Jonathan Vilmas, the uh, you know, even if you if you go have the Frank Gores and, and guys like that, where have those guys been? The the Greg Olsons uh, of the world that just seemingly Miami had littered all over the roster. Where are those guys? And when you talk about guys going there now, when you see Ed Reed, you go, oh, man, that's Ed Reed. I would think most kids would be like, man, you're Ed Reed of the Ravens. No, no, that's Ed Reed of maybe one of the sickest defenses college football has ever seen. Ed Reed. Like, how, how do you think that plays when you bring back former players? Like, it's one thing to say, man, I saw those guys. They were amazing. That's incredible versus that's a picture on the wall. And that guy could talk about what it was like to be at the U. And the U, I think, circles the wagons better than anybody else when it comes to former players being involved in the program. But the facts are, Ben, that since the, the, the U has been in the ACC, they have qualified for two conference championships. They have been to one, and they didn't win it. And that's over the course of what going on twenty years now. Ha- Maybe not quite that long, but fifteen. Like, well, they won, where's no, the no, legacy no, with no, you? No, right? no, it is. They won. They won out of two thousand one. They lost it in two thousand two. So they won. So, it ha- so it's been over twenty years. Yeah. I, Kevin, this is what I think happens. When I first get to University of Florida, you know, I know, I know about every everybody knows who Emma Smith is. Everybody knows right. who Danny Warfel is. Everybody knows who Steve Spurrier is. Right, but when they start getting into no, dude, they've been doing this for a while. You know, you get into oh, Javon Curse, oh, Kevin Carter. Right, but if the it, guys that were coming back on staff played twenty years ago and you were eighteen, do you still feel that? I no. mean, that, uh, that's, no, that's no, all no. I'm saying. And, and, that's and, all I'm and, saying. And, and, 
and and that's not even being disrespectful. I'm right? not trying to be. I'm not, it, it, becomes, to it, becomes, that it, it becomes this. We had our moment in the sun, but but Kevin, think about this. When somebody said, "Oh man, twenty years ago, twenty years, twenty years ago," you know, that's when I came out the womb. <laughs> so so y'all so so, and, and that's the seniors on the team and the yeah, juniors. And, and, and the thing it's like you said, if I'm. If I'm coming to a state Alabama, I appreciate the past because we're adding to that legacy in the present. Miami players aren't adding to that legacy now. Now, in their mind, they are. But then I go, dude, this team got 30 for 30s. This team was winning national championships with every coach that would be a name head coach. From the Cocos of the world, and you started talking about, you know, the Jimmy Johnson of the world. Dennis Erickson, yeah. Dennis Erickson. Now, they just have coaches trying to – and this notion of – now, they might have to say this, all right, the past is what it is. We not doing that no more. Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, you know, Benny Blades, uh, you know, uh, I mean, and so on and so forth. We talking about Clinton Portis, you know, uh, Frank Gore, Jared Payton, Willis Andrew James, Willis McGay. These are the running backs coming back to back to back. I mean, so for me, I think what it is is, Kevin, you got to ask yourself, all right, Ed Reed, you are what this thing was in the past. How do we bring the current crop to understand let's start having our own legacies? I mean, Miami can't even keep coaches no more. I remember <laughs> when Miami lost a coach, it was controversy down there in South Florida. What? I remember when Jimmy Johnson decided to go to the Cowboys. And they was like, dude, you going to leave? I said, and I think what it is is Kevin Wheat, look, and, I, and people don't got to like it. What we saw was the you. What's going on now is Miami. What's going on now is Miami. You got to earn – Cause I remember when I remember when guys went to the U, man. And look, I know the Michael Irvins and the Warren Souths of the world, and the, and the, you know, and the Ray Lewis's. They they played for Tampa, and Baltimore, you know, and Dallas, and whatever. They love the U. Now, it's South Florida is losing recruits to Florida, Florida State, UCF, USF, FAU, FIU. And it used to be – so I will say, Kevin, look, while while the Aries of the world, we appreciate them because we are part of that era, these guys are saying, man, we're trying to get to the league. Okay, you can get to the league and be a baller and be a baller in college because Aries, to me, is the greatest safety ever played in the National Football League, and you and he was even, and he was that good. You know, I mean, so you're right, Kevin. When, it's, it's funny. When a Tim Tebow is a celebrity – away from football. Most dudes got their celebrity, Tim Tebow did too, from football, but they didn't transcend it. I think what it is is now, these players are saying, well, look, man, he was all right. What? All I'm going to say is that. <laughs> I'm just saying. All I'm going to say, I went to the University of South Carolina and I spoke. I was blessed enough to go up there and speak. And the coach said, yeah, man, the DB coach said, <laughs> I had Deion Sanders call and I just hollered at him, man. They said, the guy was funny. Yeah, he, he was old. I mean, he old when they call him prime time. Because they don't get it. Then, he said, oh, I also had uh, Michael Jordan talk to the team. And then when he got there, so what you think about Michael Jordan? Oh, he, oh, he was all right. I mean, he, he, well, he the owner of the Hornets. They suck. I'm like, they don't, because they don't get it. Like, they, it's almost like, it's almost like we don't, it's like you want to slap him in the face with baby powder and say, what are you? You are not going to play better than that. But I've been young. I've been not so smart thinking I knew it all. Thinking because I'm the current crop. Just because you're the current crop don't mean you're the best crop. No, no, no. You just could be the current. But the legacy of the U, Kevin, is not what it is now. Because like you said, since they've come to the ACC, one ACC championship appearance, that, that, that can't continue to be the norm. 
We've got more to come here on three. Now some more over-unders to, uh, to get to when we come back and more. We'll look at the SEC meetings. Greg Sankey out there saying, look, we haven't had an SEC meeting since 2019. It's been a long time since we got together. They got a bunch they're going to be talking about. We'll get to that coming up later as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. It is Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're with us on this Monday. A lot to get to coming up a little later in the show. We'll get your thoughts on this SEC fans as well. 912-342-7184. SEC meetings this week. A lot of talk about future schedules. Could we change the model up? Are you upset going away from potential divisions? Are there games you don't want to see gone that you're just like, no, it's not happening. And when you get into the new age college football stuff, you see some of that go away. Big Ten and the AC saw Pitt and Penn State don't play each other anymore. West Virginia and Pitt don't play each other anymore. Pitt and Penn State. Did I say that one already? They don't play each other anymore. You've seen uh, Notre Dame. Is it Notre Dame and Michigan that they stopped doing? Yep. Uh, that they, that uh, they don't play anymore. And so there are certain ones that were traditional that just don't play anymore. Are you willing to – is there somewhere you're just like, look, if it's not every year, that's okay. We'll get to that coming up. In, in just a little bit. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at Pigskin Radio. You can drop us a thought on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, if you're watching live uh, there as well. So, uh, Ben, we were talking about some over-unders. We talked about Miami. Uh, here's an interesting one as well. Florida State. That's another one that I think the ACC would love if they were better. Six and a half mm. on, the, uh, on the over-under there. Mike Norvell obviously has a tall task ahead of him. Are they on the road to relevancy they're in Tallahassee. Uh, road to relevancy is one thing, Kevin, because you know I think road to relevancy that 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 that's that 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 would uh, require you not just competing in the ACC but having more of a national appeal. That might be a little that might be a little rougher because you know since the, since Jimbo left, I mean it's been rough. Well, Jimbo so, left him in a tough spot. They, they I, really say. Say. <laughs> I mean, not, not saying that he could perceive that that dark of a future coming, but. When you recruit I mean, no offensive linemen, yeah, and yeah, you we, dip, say, we ain't even like recruiting offensive linemen. I'm gonna leave this Christmas tree right <laughs> on the front lawn. I'm getting the hell on. No, uh, I, I I would go over. I would go over. I think I think Florida State is is one of those, even though it's crazy, to say, one of those sleeping giant teams, kind of like a Miami. Like Florida State still was really really good in recruiting. I don't know. You know, I mean, I have to talk to BJ about how that old line is looking. <laughs> you know, I don't know. They got no Jermaine Johnsons transferring in from Georgia uh, anytime soon, but. You know Jordan Travis and uh, and company. I mean, we we gonna we gonna see what he does this year. I think they're gonna let him compete. You know, for the starting quarterback job. But Norvell seems to be a guy that's understanding because you know coming over from Memphis, obviously you want the upgrade, you want the opportunity, you want to be in the ACC. You know, uh, big time university like Florida State, one of the big three in the state of Florida. But Kevin, I I, I still got over. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long season for them. Because the thing about Florida State, they're doing the ultimate no-no. You don't play the LSUs when you don't have to out of conference. Obviously, these schedules are made years yeah. ahead of time. It's but not when like you're trying to rebuild, that's, that's but, uh, tough. But relevancy yeah. is one thing. But, yes, I got. I'm, I'm going to go slightly over. I, I I feel like everybody wants to say over. But it's like until they but until they do it. Yeah. Like, or do you really feel like they're back? I said no, back. No, I, no, I, no, I, I don't, say, I don't no. mean back. I, I wasn't back. Do you really feel like they're moving back in the right direction? Uh, they're not back. I, I will say moving in the right direction. I will How about say that? this. I will say this. Being able to generate, being able to get talented last year, like a Jermaine Johnson, proves that the prestige, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, expectation, the brand, yep. known as FSU. Yes, it, it's 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 that 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 to me 
got them trending in the right direction. But Kevin, you know just like I know. Once again, we we you know last thing we were talking about the U. I'm sorry, Miami. <laughs> right. So you're not going to call them the U until I, they not, win an I'm ACC not. championship. It that? depends on who I'm. It depends on who I'm talking to about <laughs> Miami and who I'm talking about. If I'm talking about Ed Reed, the U. If I'm, you know, uh, I can't even remember the young man's name that came over from Houston. Uh, talking about Tyler, is it Tyler Van Dyke? Is no, it, no, 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 the, the the quarterback that came from Houston the last two years. Oh, uh, I, 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 he, I'm drawing a blank. He, yeah, uh, he comes over. You know, you know, I, you know and I remember that's Miami. Right after that, it's Miami because Kevin, think about this, right? Think about this. Once again, there are certain schools that need to be good, not just for their conference, but college football. Who is that? Miami, Florida State. Georgia Tech, Clemson, they have to because these teams are nationally known. Now, when you start talking about what has happened, dude, recruiting has happened. It's like uh, recruiting to college football is what free agency was is you know, to like professional sports. It will decimate you if you ain't getting the right recruits in there. Because the great, and I don't want to, well, yeah, the great, the great Kirby Smart said, when I got the when I got the players, I don't got to be as great of a coach. And shut up to you, Georgia fans. Yes, I call him the great Kirby Smart. I did. He's, he's done an incredible job. So I, you're, you're, uh, your Twitter's going to blow up while the Florida fans are going to bend. You no, no, no. I didn't, let, let me, let me, let me, and I, and I, ain't, did this, I ain't did this PSA in, in a while. Y'all know who I'm rooting for on Saturday, but the, anal, the analyst in me or the just understanding of the game in me knows. Kevin, when you got a Calvin Johnson at receiver, right? Yeah. Bump the defense. He's better than all of them. So I'm going to just get – my goal is to give him something to catch. Put him in the – with that catch radius, 6'5". Yep. And and think about it. People go, hey, man, how good is the quarterback? Don't care. Throw it to him. Right? Now, when his name is, you know, Calvin Smith, and he's 5'11", 190, okay, he got to be a route runner. Not saying that Calvin Johnson wasn't. wasn't. I just think that when you think about at Florida State, a Miami, right? The problem is they're getting players. They just ain't getting the production collectively from the player. You're getting some, say, as far as I mean, Jermaine Johnson will figure ACC defensive player of the year. I mean, my goodness. But problem is he don't play, he don't play, uh, he don't play offense. So I think for Florida State is with Coach Norvell, what he's realizing is, hey, man, big, you know, the bigger the platform, the bigger the pressure. You at Florida State. No one's going to – you know how it is, Kevin. No one cares. Like, Coach Collins up there, at, uh, you know, up there at Georgia Tech. Because what hurt Georgia Tech, excuse me, it's not Clemson. It's Wake. It's Pitt. Because cause, cause the fans, they go, well, Pitt did it. Well, Pitt had Kenny Pickett, <laughs> you know. Well, and so I, I think that what it is is, Kevin, like you said, we our problem is we've seen Florida State in the glory years. We've seen Miami. In the glory years. And now, sure. he, listen, listen. And for, even Georgia Tech, oh, man, don't nobody want to run a triple? Oh, it look a little different now, huh? See, you think it don't work. No, it did work. We're the only team in the ACC that, that ran it, and nobody could really want to deal with it. When you get away from it, it ain't as easy, huh? Like I said, man. Yeah, you uh, run what everybody else is doing. Sometimes it's uh, a little more difficult. Oh, listen, listen. Absolutely. Listen, man, at the end of the day, man, you know, I might be a pitcher with a funny little throwing motion. Am I getting, am I getting strikeouts? I think sometimes we care about too much how it looks, not the end, not the end result. Last time I checked, man, the cake started out with flour, eggs, and sugar. You mix it together, you put some stuff in, you put it in the oven, it'll get right. Now, if you're looking at me in the front, being what you doing, man? 
I told him not to send nobody <laughs> in there. But that end result, and I think what we're talking about is we're talking about how these cake look, how these cake looking coming out of the oven. Is Florida State ready? Georgia Tech ready? Is Miami ready? Because I think if they are, look, and I'm gonna say that if Coach Collins can get six wins this year, I'm saying it for all is forgiven, at least for this year. <laughs> But 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 between nobody forgives anything in college football, Ben. You should know that. We got hey, we got so much to get to here on the show. We'll talk about the SEC. They're making waves out there today as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. I got the Mondays going on. Ben looked at me, go, didn't you? You just you just played this beat a minute ago. I was like, yeah, I think I did. Hey, we cannot see walk on here and here in the studio. Y'all 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 get a chance to see it once we. Once, once we get our reality TV cameras in here, y'all will see. We're going to be in here. I don't go. think anybody wants to see that coming from me at all. I mean, well, not, not a chance. It just depends on how, Kevin, if it, no, it's, it's a video. I'm going to show you this guy. He just, he sees these people looking at him and they're playing this. And he looks at him and he starts killing them with the boots on them. Like, ooh, it's just, we're going to we're gonna have to take a couple of classes now. If I want Mark Douglas coming here doing it, hey, people, that's going to be must see TV. Mark being here getting right. You think Mark's got moves like that? I don't know. I think Mark could try. And then next thing you know, he's going to miss a couple of weeks. You know. I, yeah, I, I would come in here looking like, <laughs> if I tried it in, I would come in here looking like the Tin Man. Like you're going to have to oil, no, me no, up, no. oil up the joints. Man. No, BJ going to look a like little too man. stiff. You know, he, BJ, BJ going to give himself credit no matter what he does. But uh, no, no, no. The, the, the thing about it is, is, you know, when you, when you start talking about the rejoiners or what may have you, man, yeah. some of them. I mean, listen, man. We can listen. We got the elevated music re- rejoiners now. I mean, I'm trying to tell you, I, I've, I've I've learned more artists in the last five years on this network than I've ever, you know, in the CD deck. But I love it though. I mean, at the end of the day, who's gonna look like Tim Man? Probably gonna be Christian. Not because he's not because he's tight in the hips, but he, I don't know if he's gonna be doing the seawalk. The, the, the quads and the, and the hammers ain't gonna let him. He might come. Him. He might come fight you over that. No, 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 no. no. I'm just saying. I mean, disrespecting I mean, his, uh, his his mobility. The one thing about Christian. Listen, listen. If you've, this is how you know. If you've ever seen Christian, they say, yeah, I man, he had his uh, shorts down to his knees. That's not Christian. No, 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 no. Christian got Christian got on like like swimming trunks, but they they showing off the quads. You know, for a person that's always talking about. Never gonna have kids. Never gonna be a dad. <laughs> you already got the dad shorts, man. They just they 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 they're the athletically built dad shorts. But yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, with the with the flip flops, he good. But yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do like a we're gonna have to get like a real choreographer. If we're gonna be embarrassing ourselves, we gonna oh, it could be bad. And we'll have what's to make- the guy named the Lord of Dance? What was him? Yeah, yeah, Lord of the Dance, uh, Michael Flatley. <laughs> oh my goodness! He did the Irish, uh, Irish stuff. They dance there. too long. Man, those concerts last about two hours. They ain't got time to be sitting there all up tight. No, oh, I'd, I'm gonna pass out. I would, I would be in traction by the time that that was all over and done with. The Lord of the Dance, and what I don't remember. <laughs> I remember they used to they used to hawk the little videos. Oh yeah, uh, you know, oh, on, yeah. Uh, I mean, at one point, man, he was that dude, right? Like at one point, like it's, oh yeah, you. It's like he walking plays and hoping somebody knows him. What you say? I can't dance. Man, everybody said that to you, man. Yeah, I have, a, I have a video called Lord of the Dance. And next thing you know, he and I get right. All that, it's like a tap. They up tight. Hey, man. You might be the master of the dance. I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord of the I'm dance. I'm the Lord My of the Lord. dance. Lord of the dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I remember that was a Michael Flatley. Yeah, that was the guy that used to. I guess he. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. Maybe there's. Uh, I mean, well, he's sitting around to talk about a boy. I'm trying to tell you, at one point, I was the best in the world. Go to YouTube. And you get, you get to see it. Yeah. Now, you know, his feet hurt because, I mean, it looked like it's like tap. Like, I don't know. It's, I, I just remember he was that dude at one point. He used to wear like He's little muscle shirt. He, they still yeah, he like still that. that dude. You know? Like he still Blank. got it going on. Hey, we'll, we got another hour to go here. All three out. We'll come back. We'll talk SEC. Obviously, they're talking about schedules coming up. 
Greg Sankey kind of floating out there. Hey, well, you know, depending on how it goes, we're discussing everything, including doing our own playoff. What? That's right, Greg flexing a little bit uh, there at the SEC meetings. But obviously we know schedules are going to have to change in the out years once Oklahoma and Texas come in. What's important to you as an SEC fan? We'll get to that next year on 3 and Out. Good to have you back here. Final hour of 3 and Out. Kevin and Ben here as we count you down towards the Braves and Phillies tonight. Zach Wheeler against Tucker Davidson. We'll have that for you coming up. 6.05 is the Braves uh, month. I will call it you know, the the month of revenge here. Yeah, you got to get some traction going, gain some ground. You will not face a winning team again until the 20th of June. It is May 23rd. So I will say that again. You will not face a team with a winning record until the 20th of June. You got to make some ground up uh, during this stretch. Braves send Tucker Davidson out there tonight to try to get something going again after the I guess you got to call it a win streak now, Ben, because, you know, two games in a row, that's about all the Braves have been able to muster on the uh, the win side. But it starts afresh tonight. We'll get to that coming up later this hour. But a lot of college football talk. The SEC meetings are this week. Ben, and obviously these meetings are now more about, uh, I think, usually it's about, hey, how do we want to treat this? How do we want to treat that? To me, it seems like this year a lot of these conference meetings have been more about the future of college football. What's the landscape potentially going to look like, and how are you prepared for that? Well, we know the SEC has got two teams coming in in the not-too-distant future with Oklahoma and Texas. They're going to be a part of the SEC, and what does that landscape look like? Obviously, they've talked about doing away with divisions. They've talked about the pod system. Obviously, there's some models where uh, you know maybe you have more com- lesser common opponents and you just rotate through uh, everybody else out there and potentially keep a divisional uh, format, Ben. Greg Sankey himself came out and said, look, the fact that we're only rotating through our universities once or twice every 12 years has got to improve, i.e., like you can't have Georgia and Texas A&M. Texas A&M's been in the league this long, and Georgia has never been to College Station. Like, you can't have that. If you're going to maintain some kind of similar survival, and I think the bigger you get, the harder it gets. But you want to play teams as often as you possibly can. I will ask you as someone who played in the SEC, because the SEC is obviously founded, Ben, on history and tradition. Well, every time you expand or you do that, like history and tradition on some levels has to take a backseat. It, it just does. You, you can't keep everything you want. Pitt and West Virginia, or Pitt and uh, Penn State quit playing in that, in that Pennsylvania uh, rivalry. We've seen Notre Dame and Michigan quit playing. Uh, because of scheduling and the way things work out uh, with conference affiliation. We've seen them stop that. In the SEC, there are people that get very, very upset when you start talking about tinkering with tradition and rivalry games. Some of that's inevitable, though. It's going to have to go by the wayside. So I'll send it out there, 912-342-7184. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, at Pigskin Radio, Facebook, YouTube. As an SEC fan, are there games on your schedule you don't mind losing? I don't mean forever. Just not all the time. Like if I'm a Georgia fan, do you care if you play Tennessee every year? I'm asking. Because you may have to, would you rather play Auburn? Would you rather play Florida? Like you're going to have to make compromises to get this all in here. So love to hear from you. What games are you willing to not have on an annual basis? Ben, you went to Florida. Do you care if you play LSU every year? Do you care if you play Georgia uh, every year? What are you, what's a game you're like, can't, I, I will Stand on the, the hilltop and scream, not getting rid of it. What's a game that you think people might have some 
loyalty towards, but you wouldn't mind if it if it wasn't every year. Oh, Georgia had to stay on the schedule. and I mean, it, it just has to. I think Florida and Georgia as a part of the college football fabric. It, I, think it's, I think it transcends being in the SEC. I think it transcends being in the same conference. It's just it's one of those games where, Kevin, you know, it's, it's, it's hardly ever the two flagship universities represent two states. And you're talking about the best of high school football and one versus the best of high school football and another, depending on how you're looking at it. But let's be honest with ourselves. Traditions are made because that that's just that's that's what was there. Like, you know, I get it. I was a part of the SEC to where the Florida Georgia game, the great, you know, the biggest guy out there cocktail party. What I think it had to stay. If Florida South Carolina had to switch up, something had to switch up. If Florida Tennessee had to switch up, Tennessee Georgia had to switch up. It had to switch up. As 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 a person that played in it, I under, look. There's only one game ever in my life that I held in. That was Florida Georgia, because I'm from the state of Georgia. Now. If I'm from Florida, it might be Florida, Florida State. But I'm talking about in the SEC the specifically. SEC, no, because I will say this, right? New traditions come come along as well. You know, you start. I mean, because Kevin was it. I mean, was Georgia Tech originally part of like the SEC or yeah. something like that? So all I'm saying is we are part of the new generation of the SEC. I get it. I think A and M Alabama is about to get really huge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. So, not that it wasn't already, but yeah, I feel so, like so. so I, I will say this. We all we. We, listen, we talked about the pay phones earlier, right? Me and you, we was around, you know, we was around, we were younger when you had the pay phones. This, this and the third. Kids today, they don't get it. We talked about the you earlier. Well, kids now come through Miami, they don't understand that because they've never experienced that, that level of it. But you got new traditions coming up. I mean, you know, you go, you go to your grandparents' house, man, you're going to see pictures up the wall on things. You're like, oh, who is that? Oh, that's, that's me. You know, it's like you're going to see things you didn't see. I think that new traditions can be created. It's not like it. T- and think about this: You think Florida, Tennessee is huge, or Georgia, Tennessee is huge now? If you ain't played them in a year, two years, that's only gonna make it. Because I do think that when you think about the SEC, is number one: If you are Tennessee, you you kind of hope your you know your uh, your crossover, which is Alabama. Hey, we getting sick of playing them every year. I think that Kevin, you know, a Florida, Arkansas, um, you know. Uh, uh, Old Miss, South Carolina. You can create new things because I think because what shakes it all up is Texas, Oklahoma. There, there is no, there is nothing about them yet in the SEC. Who are they gonna play? Pods, uh, I think Arkansas. Cool. I mean, I mean, look, I think Pods is the way to go because you can keep three other schools that you kind of play regular. But again, if you do that, if you're Georgia, you're like, hey, I want, I want, uh, I want Tennessee, I want Florida. Okay. You 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 good giving up playing Auburn every year, because obviously the Iron Bowl is going to be one that gets protected. Yeah, right. Third Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I'm just saying, but like protect one. Yeah, third you, Saturday in October, Alabama, Tennessee. If you have pods, don't know if that stays every yeah. year. Uh, you know, Arkansas, Old Southwest days. I think they fit in nicely with Texas and Oklahoma. I think you would have some uh, innate rivalry there. But like you yeah. said, who else? Texas A&M probably does. Do you want to bring back Texas? Texas A&M. Yeah. If so, is that worth having every year well, on, the, on the SEC? And again, I'm thinking these are these are things well, well, that I think the SEC is talking about right now because when it expands, yeah. something has to give. Well, well, you can't you, you can't you just cater that, right? You want, like think about this, too, Kevin. You, you make a group. Okay, just say we go in 2027. It's going to be all old school SEC rivalry schedule. What do you mean? Oh, it's going to be uh, the Tennessee Georgia. It's going to be the LSU Alabama. It's going to be the Georgia Florida. Like, I do think certain ones are every year. Like, I think you can have a game every year. You say Florida Georgia is non-negotiable. 
Uh, Alabama, Auburn, non-negotiable, right? Because I think certain games to me are bigger than the conference that they're in. Like, I mean, you think about this. Oh, you got the Red River rivalry right now. Texas, Oklahoma. Right. I, you're right. What is that? Because it's part of the SEC has to go to Atlanta, right? Because you saying, well, look, in 2020, I'm just and I'm, just, I'm Greg saying if you want to take these ideas, it's fine. <laughs> no. But I'm just saying, Kevin, because I do think this, right? Tennessee, Oklahoma, do shake it up, right? But new rivalries, you hope that new rivalries. Come out of this, but thing. My, my point is, and what Greg Sankey was alluding to is, like, in order to keep those rivalries fresh, you can't lock Georgia into four and five teams. That are like, oh well, they yes, just got to yeah, play. I, I agree with Otherwise, that. Otherwise, you can't rotate I, around I, I the conference. So, I mean, yes. like, to me, if you're part of the SEC, you got to be a part of the SEC. Like Georgia, Texas A&M, to me, it's like that doesn't feel like an SEC game, not in football, because they, they never play. Yeah, and so I think that's what uh, Greg Sankey's trying to get to is like, look. Once every 12 years you go into an opponent's home field, that ain't going to get it done. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a whole generation of fans that grows up. It's like, Georgia's never come to College Station. Like, whatever. They're on the other side. We just never played them. So, I think in order to do that, you go. If you, I think pods might be the way to go, but it's still smaller four-team pods. You can't just say, well, we're locked in to play that pod. There you go. You're already halfway done with your schedule. That, that's seven games. Yeah. And there's two other pods. With one game out there, so just do the math. If you keep it that way, that's eight years to get to everybody else in one time. Sixteen years to get to you know Texas to come to Athens. Yeah, do you, I mean you can't have that if you're if you're Greg Sankey. Say can't have Texas go to Athens once every sixteen years. Yeah, how do you? They're not like so. If you're going to rotate around more, that means something's got to give. I, again, I'd love to hear from you, SEC fans. Nine one two three four two seven one eight four nine one two three four two. 7184. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. What game are you willing to let go by the wayside? Uh, if I'm Georgia, I think Georgia, Florida, as you said, been non negotiable. I think Georgia, Auburn gets close. But I don't think it's, again, I don't know if you're going to be able to I do mean, it. I mean, I not look, unless look, look, Auburn look, 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 jumps look, 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 in your pod. I mean, you know yeah, Georgia, I mean, listen, Georgia, Georgia, South Carolina is close. But I, I mean, I mean, Florida, Florida, LSU is close. But it's, I think there's things when you look at it and say, in order to make it guaranteed, you'd have to pot it out. Yeah. And, and, look, yes. Alabama-Auburn is going to happen. Yes. So does that mean Georgia-Auburn doesn't happen every year? Probably can't. But, but, I mean, but, but, but I will say this. It, it, when you start talking about the pot system, I said, listen, man, you know, every other year we should be playing each other. But, like, every other – like, it's ridiculous the fact that, you know, I mean – Notre Dame plays Georgia more often than Texas A&M does. <laughs> but that's, that's and that's ridiculous. So I think that when you think about it is, look, the goal is for all of us to play each other. How we – we got we, – yes, listen, we got built-in games. We got one, like, surefire built-in every year. Everybody gets one, right? But what happens is everybody should be playing each other. Because, number one, now, by doing that, you're saying, look, all SEC games, if I got – Arkansas, Florida. If I got LSU, Texas a and right? That's primetime with, with – I'm mean, not saying they're not big games. I'm just saying when I look at the the SEC, if I'm Greg Sankey and we pod this thing out, what games can you not live without? Can't not have the Iron Bowl. Nope. Can't not have Georgia, Florida. Nope. Probably once it expands, can't not have Oklahoma, Texas. Okay, so all those teams will probably be in a pod where they have to play each other. What goes by the wayside after that? I mean, is the Egg Bowl – 
We're, I mean, obviously, I think they pod that, but I'm I, saying, but, but, but that's is. my point. I think it is. I, but, so, so when you pod these things out and you and you put these things out, you have to look at it and say, is the the battle for the golden boot is that a necessary evil? Is Arkansas LSU does that have to happen? Because if it does, and you want to keep Arkansas friendly with Texas and Oklahoma, you're gonna have a pod with LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, and now Texas A and M's not even involved. So I, that's what I'm saying. It's very hard to do this. Oh, it is. And keep and, keep it's, it. and it's listen. It's supposed to be hard to do. Let's just go ahead and put it out there. If you're if you're going to go rogue, and it's just gonna be us, it shouldn't matter, right? Like like it should, but it shouldn't. I while we say there is no way we could possibly do this, no, of course, of course we can. Of course we, of course. Well, you know, I'm saying, but I, again, I just got a note. Somebody said, look, if you're Georgia, you got to play Florida and Auburn every year. Okay. Well, if you go to a pod type system, you put Georgia. And Florida and Auburn, now you've put the Iron Bowl in peril unless you throw Alabama in there. They're not going to do that. No. So, if you're not in the constant rotation, and you and Greg Sankey said, we have got to rotate through these schools faster. Yes. Then you've put the Iron Bowl in jeopardy, well, how, okay, and that's so how, not how, going so to how happen. Many, how, many years, how many years should it take for all, every team in the SEC to have played each other at least once? I mean, that's what we're really talking about. Yeah, I would think in a four-year cycle, I as a, at, with 16 teams – I, as an SEC student athlete or a fan, should say, in four years, I'm not saying they got to come to my place, but in four years, I want to play everybody in the conference. Boom. I so every, I, I recruiting, every recruiting class that comes through will play every team yes. in the conference at least one time. I, I, and I, I think, think that's doable. I, I mean, because now, I mean, ain't no way that's happening. When you got so many – you got a, when you got a, uh, a, a east and a west side that's, that has – you know, right now, seven teams, soon to be eight teams. There's no way you can do it. But if you start saying, look, I mean, and the whole thing about it is we, everybody should play each other. Like, and when you really think about it, it makes no sense that everybody doesn't play each other. It's the SEC, isn't it? <laughs> like, hold on. I mean, I, who, I'm trying to think who I didn't play at my time. I think I played everybody. I played Ole Miss my last two years. Obviously, a lot less teams. I, I, yeah, I, play, I played Mississippi State. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. I never played Alabama. So my time in Florida, I never played Alabama. Played Auburn three times. No. One, two, three, four. Played Auburn four times. So I so I do I do agree with the fact that like you have to make sure that everybody plays each other because the new thing is 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 the SEC or not? Or SEC or nothing. Because you, everybody should have get now. If you are Vanderbilt, you don't want pods. You don't want East West. You don't want none of it. <laughs> but unfortunately, you're gonna have to be in a pod. So I do think Kevin. Well, I, again, I think the pod is what's probably gonna be the most likely thing. But the, the the point I'm trying to make is SEC fans is like you're gonna have to look at it and say there's going to be teams that if you're just not gonna play every year. And and I get it. If you're Georgia, Georgia's kind of in the middle. You got rivalries with South Carolina, with Tennessee, with Auburn, with Florida. That ain't gonna work in nope. a sixteen-team uh, SEC. Oh, you're gonna, uh, it's gonna be some disappointments. And so, I, I mean, if it's me, if it's me, and I'm I'm Georgia, the hill I'm dying on is Florida. Would you like to have Auburn? Yep, may not be possible. Would you like to have Tennessee? Yep, may not be possible. And now, does that mean you just quit playing them? No, but you just may not be able to play them every year. It's too big, too much going on in the conference. And again, to me, I think that's the interesting case study here when you're talking about how. And what model you go to? Would you dare do a ninth conference game? I mean, if you're, well, we'll get to what Greg Sankey also was talking about. But I mean, I know the SEC doesn't want to do a ninth conference game because they like 
being able to keep the out-of-state rivalries. Let's say for what it is, they like to keep the cupcake on the schedule so they can uh, get some dubs out there uh, as well. But there's going to be, uh, there's not a conference out there maybe as dyed in the wool, steeped in tradition and history, and this is how we do things. Like I said, one of the games is called Third Saturday in October. Tennessee, Alabama, it's called Third Saturday in October. Depending on how you set it up, may not be able to keep that. May not be able to do that. So what? I'm interested to see what SEC fans are willing to not see have. And don't say, oh, man, if Vanderbilt, Ole Miss don't play every year. Come on. Come on. Let, 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 let's be real. There yeah. are certain games. Arkansas-LSU is a good rivalry very, game inside very, the very, may, very, not, may not be able to do it. And I, again, mean, I mean, look, and look I mean, like you said, renewing the Texas. I mean, this thing. You talking about a built-in game? Is Texas Oklahoma going to be a bigger, bigger, bigger draw than Texas? I mean, the Texas A&M Texas. As much animosity as they have built up towards each other, that would that could be. I mean, very like you said, because of the Texas A&M uh, and and Alabama, it's like I, I I do I do agree that within four years, man, everybody done played each other. It shouldn't be this, uh, man. Hey, man, my bucket list ten years from now is you know, uh, you know, Alabama at Florida again. Sure, it's, 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 it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. Everybody should play each other because that's giving a, a a more truer barometer of who is the best. Because you know if they got the pods, it's gonna be whoever got the best two records. Uh, yeah. that, now every game really does matter because it's okay. Like now it doesn't matter. Hey, we, we, well, we lost in the East, and, we didn't yeah. lose in the West, and that, like that sets up for another interesting discussion, which Greg Sankey talked about uh, that they are discussing in Destin this week. We'll get to that. Next, it's an SEC takeover of the college football world. We'll break it down for you next here. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. SEC meetings going on this week. Ben and I talked about, hey, obviously they're talking about scheduling because there is an expansion coming. Uh, how do you do that? How do you maintain rivalries inside the conference? Also, Greg Sankey uh, discussing a number of things, saying, look, what does the future look like? We're looking at everything out there on the table, including the fact that the SEC media deal is coming up. Oh, at the same time, the what? The college football playoffs are uh, coming up for a renegotiation. Greg Sankey uh, is put in a, an article today. If you haven't had a chance to read it, go find Pete Thamel's article uh, about the SEC meetings. Uh, obviously, Greg Sankey thought he was building a coalition to expand the college football playoff to 12 games. It was working for it. Remember, Ben, we talked about it on the show where it's like, hey, the commissioners are talking about it. It's gaining steam, gaining momentum. We're headed for a 12-team playoff, and then dead Uh-oh. on arrival, nothing happened. And apparently, Greg Sankey, not happy about it. Apparently, there is a growing rift between conference commissioners uh, and their willingness to work together after something like that. And one topic was broached, and Greg Sankey said, hey, we're looking at everything about the idea of the SEC doing its own playoff. So you play the conference, you get done, you have, I, I would, and somebody said uh, they don't know how it would be done, but Pete Thamel and his, his piece took a stab at it and said, look, if you have four pods, you take the four pod winners, uh, potentially who would probably have the four best records, or you just seed it one through four, and then the four at-larges who remain, that would mean eight teams don't make the playoffs out of the SEC, and those eight teams would play it out. Obviously, you have what is now championship weekend would get it started, and then you would have the SEC championship game somewhere around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And somebody said, well, would that mean they would play the other leagues? The SEC champion would play somebody else? For that? And somebody said, a great point. I don't know how you would call yourself national champion, although you know, 12 out of 15 sounds pretty good. 
uh, when it comes to winning the national championship right now, Ben? Others have said, hey, you're going to have to make yourself a national conference, and I think that's part of it. I think personally this was kind of casually lobbed out there, as most things are with very intelligent people, Ben, on purpose to say you guys didn't listen. We want 12 teams. We, the SEC, want 12 teams. It's actually a good thing for you as well if you just shut up and get out of your own way. Because right now we're taking two out of four spots. We're taking half the playoff money. And the revenue divide between us and everybody else is growing wider and wider. We talked about that. They released the revenue for the COVID year of college football. The SEC made double what the Pac-12 made. Double. You can't compete financially when you're chasing somebody who's making twice as much. Right? If I take one step and you take two, Ben, it don't take long for you to pull away from me. Right? It, it, it just doesn't work very long. And I think that's the financial model we've been hearing from the Pac-12, from the ACC, and all that saying, look, there's going to become a divide because the money is, the separation is so bad. So what does that mean? The Clemsons, the Florida States, and others start getting wondering eyes, saying, hey, we kind of like to be over there where they're making mm-hmm. all the money. Mm-hmm. But Greg Sankey, I think, the scary part, if I'm the ACC, the Pac-12, and so-and-so, of Greg Sankey saying, Ben, we're looking at everything, including just doing our own playoff. They're the one conference that could actually do it, right? The ACC can't do that. The ACC can't say, you know, heck with you guys. We're going to do our own playoff. Everybody else, you know, oh, oh, pfft, please. I think even if the Big Ten did something like that, most people would be like, okay, is – is Harbaugh going to play Ohio oh, State? They, would definitely, not, the, they I mean, would definitely want the Big 12 to do it because they know, well, yeah, you, make sure make sure you take some pictures of uh, a good old Texas and Oklahoma because they're coming over here with us. Yeah, uh, I and mean, this would all happen at, at that same time. Texas Oklahoma would come to the SEC, and you'd have what's left of the Big, the, the Big 12 also saying, hey, the financial gap is widening. But they are the one conference bin that could actually do it. I'd love to hear from SEC fans about this as well. Would you be cool with that? SEC fans love them some SEC. It's why they're the only conference man. We make fun of it on the show that go SEC, SEC, SEC. ACC, they don't want Clemson to win. If you're in the AC, you don't want Florida State to win. You want your team to win. SEC is the only conference that really does the, you don't hear B1G chants out of the Big Ten. Like, B1G, you don't hear that. It's only in the SEC. It just means more I get it. Would you be cool with an SEC-only playoff if it came to that? And I think this is more a veiled threat than anything to, for, for like, uh, Greg Sankey to leverage a 12-team playoff. I mean, I, I would be cool with it, but I, but, I would, <laughs> but I would also understand the ramifications of it. I think sometimes what people have to understand, when, you, when you've been a part of something, a, 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 big, a bigger entity, your whole, you know, your whole existence, even if that entity uh, doesn't have the same power as you have, you know, you know how it is, Kevin. I mean, no one wants to just go out there on a limb, even if, even if you feel as though it's going to work, because – you want to give the you want to give the you know even if it's not real I want to give some you know uh, resemblance of uh, unity when you talk about college college football. But the thing about Greg Sankey's think about the time we're in now. How is a a you know a commissioner of a conference has the most power of anybody in college football because every single conference had a plan: Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, ACC, SEC. All of a sudden, ACC just started. Man, you see what's going on, and plans and plans change. Now the money, the bottom line is still the same. The money is the, I get it. But now you go from, you know, however they did this, however they did it back, you know, in the early nineties. Then you go from that to the BCS. Now you got the college football playoff. Then Greg Sankey is going to the college football playoff committee, saying, "Let's go to twelve. Nope. All right, 
I'm the only commissioner that can even approach you about saying going to 12 because I'm the only one that has more influence than the other ones. All right. But now, Greg Sankey, while he wants to do it, he don't want to be the one making the decision of it. Like, I get that part, too. But you, but, but like you said, Kevin, it's like when you start talking about branding, no one's branded better than the SEC. You don't got to like it, but their brand is serious. When you think about the football, the, the product on the field is there. Then you start getting the teams, got it. Coaches, got it. Uh, prestige, got it. It just means so th- more, right? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, SEC Media Day is crazy because you got fans saying it. Like, we really know, we know what it means, but we don't really know what it is. Like, when, 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 when Alabama goes to the SEC Championship and they're playing against a team that, you know, Georgia, and you don't, and you don't have a rooting interest for either team, you're just, come on, St. Nick, what? Like, no, no. If you if if you root for Kentucky, that's it. But that's not how. To, think about how the SEC branded it. Greg Sankey branded the SEC to look at the SEC how he sees it. I have fourteen teams that I like. I have fourteen favorites. And he goes, but if you root for Team X, but Team Y goes, just root for Team Y in the SEC. No, that's not that's not yeah. how it's supposed to go. But that's how they branded. It. And now, Kevin, think about it. Greg Sankey, just listen. You don't believe me? Nick Saban speaks about transfer portal. Everybody reacts. Nick Saban speaks about, you know, uh, NIL. Everybody reacts. Nick Saban mentions said schools, players, and coaches. Jackson State, they got a press conference. Texas and m press conference. NIL, everybody got to do a press conference. Uh, you know, transfer portal. So he goes, I got the biggest teams. I got the biggest face and the biggest faces and tradition in college football. College football playoffs don't want to rock with me. All right, cool. Come 2025, though. But it's 2023, too, right? I'm sorry, 2022. Got a little time. But, Kevin, you know just like I know. 2023, uh-oh. 2024, because this is the thing. I don't even think it's going to – this is what Greg Sankey's saying. All right. In the next three years, if any teams other than Ohio State and Clemson win it, let's I, I can hear you guys out. They'll say, what if Texas win it? They come over with us. Well, I mean, that's why, and, and, and I think that's why us. when people say, well, that's a, a long ways away, it is and it isn't. Because things are getting done. Things are, schedules are getting made. Decisions are being made based on new playoff format and media deals. New playoff format and the SEC deal are set to come up about the same time. I believe the same time. So the SEC is going to get a new deal when Texas and Oklahoma come in. They're going to have to renegotiate that. If, the, if it's a four-team playoff, I think Greg Sankey is going to look at that and say, we can make more money just doing it ourselves. I don't know if he wants to do that, Mm -hmm. as you said, Ben. But when you say everything's on the table and we're looking at stuff, even like could we just do an SEC-only playoff? And as we said, they're the biggest name in the room, and Greg Sankey has more juice, more pull, than anybody in college football, more than the college football playoff committee, more than any of that. And you don't think, and again, you don't think a seven-game SEC playoff running through December, Huge. culminating on New Year's Day Huge. with the SEC championship game isn't going to generate more money? There, it's go, Again, let's play this thing out. Oh, it's a Saturday in mid-December. Uh-oh. We have Arkansas <laughs> in a rematch with LSU for the right to go to the SEC semifinals. You can watch that, or you can watch the Bad Boy Mowers Bowl 
or you can watch the whatever bowl, which is going to draw more eyeballs and attention. It's a playoff game. Yep. And I think Greg Sankey saying, look, fellas, and again, I'm not saying that Greg Sankey is altruistic. I don't know him well enough to be like, hey, he's but Greg Sankey wants a 12-team playoff. Why? Because the SEC could probably get four teams in. That that's not that is the and selfish that, and, part. And that, and that is the minimum. selfish part of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think Greg Sankey's also going, fellas. If you were to have a meeting with these commissioners, look around and go, fellas, that's why this gets leaked out. We're looking at doing this ourselves. What do you mean? Well, we can open this thing up. ACC, you might get two teams. Big Ten, you might get a couple of teams. Pac-12, you might get a couple of teams. Big 12, you might actually have a shot at getting somebody in there. And we all can make some money. But if we keep this thing at four, I'm going to take half the money. You're going to get mad. Or we can just do it ourselves, and y'all have a four-team playoff, which is going to be much less valuable in terms of TV dollars. You're already sucking wind trying to keep up with us yep. financially. It's not going to work, fellas. I think this is purely a power play. Again, oh, oh yeah, SEC, SEC fans, I'd love to hear from you. Would you like an all-SEC playoff? Because I think most of you would. I think most of you are more than willing to give the middle finger to the rest of college football. I'm not saying that to be mean, but Ben, do you think I'm wrong? No. I think most SEC fans go, if we never have to look at Ohio State ever again, I mean, it's fun to play them, but it'd be awful lot of fun just to beat up on each other and play it out again, and then we're really the kings of the SEC. But I think this has, to me, been a power play by Greg Sankey saying, fellas, we worked together. We were going the direction of a 12-team playoff. That's what I want. And you said something off air to me, Ben, that is very true. Powerful people, when they want something, don't get told no a lot. Nope. When they get told no a lot, they figure out a way to make you say yes. I think this is Greg Sankey's way of getting those conference commissioners back in line and saying, listen, fellas, it's very good for me, but it's good for you and you need it. We're not staying at four. We're going to 14 teams. Or 16 teams, excuse me. We're going to 16 teams. This thing needs to be expanded for access, not only for you, but for us as well. We're going to make money, but it's going to help you as well to get some of those playoff dollars that, mind you, right now, some of y'all ain't even getting because you can't get in there. Well, I mean. So, to to me, this is a, I'm going to throw it out there that I'm willing to, that we're going to talk about it. And what's talking about it mean? They ain't going to just be like, hey, fellas, uh, all SEC playoff. Why don't y'all just discuss amongst yourselves, and we'll we'll address it later. No, if they bring it up, they're going to say, "How many of y'all, you know, you know, feet to the carpet, would be willing to say we're playing an SEC schedule, and then we're going to do it again? Only SEC teams in the playoffs. Let's talk about it. I think to me, this is more a get in line, folks. You're going to be left at the kiddie table if you don't expand this thing. To 12 teams. We were in agreement. We were moving along. And read the Pete Thamel article. If you think Kevin's just talking out his backside, go read Pete Thamel's piece. Greg Sankey, not happy. They were working towards 12 teams, and then it fell apart, and we're stuck at four. Get me what I want, or we'll do it ourselves. That's a story, Ben. Old as time itself, right? Anybody with money, do what I want, or I'll figure out a way that I'm doing it myself without you, and you're going to get left behind. Pretty much. And I think that's the power play we're seeing here from Greg Sankey. And, 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 and for those of you who are saying, well, why is Greg Sankey trying to do this, right? Everybody everybody has something. That everybody, when, you, when you're in power positions, you say to yourself, what is my legacy going to be? You don't believe me? 
Elon Musk. What does he want his legacy to be? Right? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. What does he want his legacy to be? The Rock. What does he want his legacy to be? And when you start thinking about people with like with that much power, influence, and money, they start thinking more legacy. So Greg Sankey is saying, "If hey, we're from man, you're the most powerful dude in college football." No, I'm not. Now he's actually seeing it, and now he's saying, "Because Kevin, let's call it what it is. If another conference could do it, they would do it. Think about that. If another conference could, they would, but they can't. So they're saying, "Hey, man, let us be. Let us be." Now Greg Sankey wanted to be more of a group thing because. If he changes college football, but it starts with the SEC, right? It well, I think he gradual. also knows when you talk about legacy, though, Ben, if you go SEC only, I mean, you kind of are also the guy that killed college football. Yeah. And someone, I'm going to say killed it, but yeah. it's like you took it, yeah. like SEC doing our thing, perception there's going to be resentment from everybody Perce- else. Going, Perce- perception is reality. No, no, we were cruising not. along, and you took your ball and went let home. Me, let me tell you something. It, When's the last time you got to go back and, and – uh, and, uh, you know, uh, redo a statement that you said. What you said first, it's like this. Most people think Nick Saban said something about, uh, you know, uh, Jackson State, Deion Sanders. You talk about Jimbo Fisher and Miami. I mean, uh, uh, the basketball player out there in Miami, yeah. He apologized. No one cares. The soundbite is what we want. We don't he hasn't want, we said don't... it's happening. He just said, we're talking. We'll talk about it. Greg Sankey knows. Hey, man, I might, I might only get one time to do this thing. The more I can bring with me outside of the SEC makes it look like I brought us. Together. I mean, if you do that, you've changed college football. You have. You have. For better or for worse. Yeah. You've changed college football if you go SEC only. And I don't know if you would declare that team the national. Would you take a national championship if you won the SEC like that? I'm just asking. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying yes or Yes and no. Y- yes, because they said so, because, you know. Like if you went, like if Ben Troop plays in the 2026 SEC, Florida has the second best record. You go through the SEC playoff, you win. You call yourself national champion? I give you three words. U, C, well, I give you three letters. U, C, F. That's all you need to know. They got one, right? I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> we got more to come here. It's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. And again, a lot of talk coming out of the SEC meetings there in Destin, uh, even. You know, Greg Sankey saying, hey, we haven't had a meeting since 2019. So we haven't met in a long, long time. We've got a lot to discuss. And obviously, uh, we talked about the college football playoff and other uh, things that are going to be talking about scheduling and more. And, and Ben, I know people say, oh, the SEC, they would never do an SEC-only playoff. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be good for college football. It wouldn't make sense. And, Ben, I say every, every little piece of nugget of, of information like that Always starts out small and people kind of dismiss it. Like I, I do remember when I first got in this business, it was oh, the SEC. They're they're at twelve. That's the perfect number, perfect number in the SEC. It's you know it works out great. We're gonna have an SEC championship. You would never. This was when the ACC did it. Went to fourteen. Oh, the SEC's fine. They don't need to do it. You know the ACC. They're just trying to get more schools so they can put together enough to to scrounge a conference. The SEC. We don't need to do that. And how long did it take? Mm-hmm. For Texas A&M and Missouri to come in, oh well, fourteen man, we're, we're that that's about the magic if, if, number. If. We don't need to do. Oh, well, now you're going to sixteen. Yep. There's no. I heard super. The first time I heard super conferences, uh-huh. I kid you not, been two thousand two. Mm-hmm. And well, what's the SEC about to become a sixteen team super conference. super conference? I've heard about might be super duper with them two. Yeah, I've heard boy. about super conference. I've heard about oh, they might break away from the. 
2001, 2002, hey, at some point, they might break away and do their own thing. It's going to get so big. Here we are in 2021, 2022, and I've heard it again multiple times. It's not crazy talk about the power schools dipping from the NCAA because of NIL, because of all the you know uh, things that are happening in college athletics. It's not crazy talk. And so that's why I think when you hear, oh, the SEC, oh, they would never d- just do Yes, they would. Yeah, it's nuance. Kevin, think about this. Hold on. But it always starts as a nugget of an idea. On, so Kevin. when Greg Sankey says, oh, we're going to talk about it, oh, there's more than talk going on. Okay, Kevin, about- how, much, how much harder would radio be now for you if it was like it used to be? Like now. <laughs> like, 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 obviously, what used to be work, but things happen so sure. fast now, right? Sure. News and stuff happens so fast. Like you mentioned. Well, this is what really happens. Somebody's going to change it up. You're not going to be that somebody. This is what Greg Sankey is the guy. We, now we know the people doing it. It used to be, man, who, who decided that? Now we know how they look. We know who they are. But it was going to happen at a certain point. Nothing stays the same. Players can make money now in, in college athletics. Now, when you hear that, what? They making money? A couple of them are. Not most of them. <laughs> right? I mean, when you think about it, in America, you have the ability to make millions of dollars. Everybody don't make millions. You have the ability to do it. And I think we get caught up in this thing of, oh, man, like we like we were talking about earlier, Kevin, some of these rivalries are going to change up. We're going to be able to establish new rivalries. And we're going to get back to look back and say, yeah, I mean, the last payphone is going now in New York. Things change. Kevin, you say you heard they started talking about, you know, super conferences and different things. In 2002, it's 20 years ago. <laughs> so it's not as if. The model doesn't work. We want to we want to give new models, right? Because what college football has really become is a cash cow like they could not foresee. We put together something, all of a sudden, hey man, we just you know make a couple of mil, man, we'd be doing good, right? No, we're doing billion dollar TV deals. What? The, I mean, when's the last time somebody sent you a check, you know, for fifty million and you haven't done anything yet? Wait a minute, what? Haven't done anything. That's right. Let me get it. That's before you sell one hot dog, one parking, you know, one parking spot, mm-hmm. one jersey. And I think we need to call it what it is. Greg Sankey goes, dude. Out. This is the this is the biggest money generator I've ever seen. Ran by amateurs. <laughs> I'm just. I, I mean. I mean. If 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 we really gonna call it what it is. So I just think that what's going on now is Kevin Nuance is here. Yeah. We got more to come. We're up against it. Braves and uh, Phillies coming up. We'll get you set up for that when we return here on 3 and Out. Great time on the show today. If you missed any portion of it, ESPNCoastal.com. Go to our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal. You can catch the show there as well, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast and get a podcast version of the show. Ben, we got one minute. Braves tonight hosting the Phillies. Zach Wheeler against uh, Tucker Davidson and... Snit shaking up the lineup. Matt Olson down to fifth. Austin Riley all the way down to seventh in the lineup. William Contreras, a catcher, going to be out in left field. Please, please, please uh, protect Mr. Contreras out there in left field. Do all we can. We don't need to put him in no position to be able to out there, you know, dive for balls <laughs> or anything. But get a win, though. Get a win. I mean, uh, you, you know, you just won your first series of the year. Kevin, let's go back to back uh, series wins. Uh, but yeah, let's get a big win tonight, man. That was, there'll be some momentum. That was the third. They almost had three games in a row. Oh, okay. They I'm sorry. Almost That's had almost three had games three in a row. row. I apologize. Third series win. Yeah. Let's get no uh, no sweeps yet. Let's get let's get to these sweeps. Yeah. Keep it going. Again, two out of three should should draw you closer to the Mets over this month stretch. Where the again the Braves will not play a winning team until June thirtieth. It is May twenty third. To keep putting that into perspective, we'll have. 
Uh, pre-game coverage for you coming up in about seven minutes. First pitch a little bit after 7 o'clock tonight. We will see you tomorrow on a Tuesday afternoon right here on 3 and Out, all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network on Twitter at Pigskin Radio.